Welcome, folks, to the podcast. First off, I want to give a, a big thanks to the Weekly Bean and Harlan Lessig. Uh, they've been supporting me since almost the beginning of this. Uh, had Harlan on a few weeks ago, and he his podcast was unreal. He played hockey down in South Africa, so if you haven't uh, listened to it, you should give it a listen. Um, but they've been putting, every Wednesday we release an episode, and they've been putting it in their paper. So you can find that in Lloydminster, Kindersley, and Moose Jaw. Uh, second off, I'm I'm trying to do a. Uh, I've been trying to do shoutouts in the middle of episodes, and it hasn't been flowing that well. Mainly because I get wrapped up in the conversation and forget about it. So I thought I'd do my shoutouts before I start the episode. So this week, uh, I want to give Mike Applegate a shoutout. He uh, I didn't even know you could do it, but on the Anchor app, you can um, record a voice message. So he uh, sent me one. Just said, uh, keep up the excellent job. Uh, that he was enjoying the podcast. So thanks, Mike. I haven't seen you in forever, but I appreciate the feedback. Appreciate you listening. And then Big Daddy 49 wrote me a review on iTunes, and uh, he just said he looks forward to listening each week. I have no idea who you are, but I appreciate the feedback. Um, if you haven't subscribed, you can subscri- subscribe on a bunch of different podcasting uh, platforms. Whichever one you do, just search Sean Newman Podcast and uh, click the subscribe button. You'll get updated every Wednesday. Like I say, we, we do a new episode. Uh, if you're on social media, take a look on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, anything you see on there, just once again, search Sean Newman, Sean Newman podcast and uh, like, and share, uh, and any of your guys' positive feedback, I'll try and give you a shout out on here. I really appreciate it. It makes this a lot of fun. And then finally this week coming up, we have Colin Cowboy Sankow, an Alberta boy, uh, who played his junior A out in Dryden, Ontario. He was the first captain I ever had. Um, we'll get into a little bit of that. He then uh, came back to Calgary where he's been a firefighter now for 11-plus years. He's married. He just had his first kid in December. Uh, and then, of course, he played in the World Police and Fire Games, uh, winning a bronze, a silver, and the beloved gold over the Russians. So uh, let's get at her. Hello, Newman. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Across from me, I have uh, Colin Cowboy Sankow. He was uh, my first captain in Dryden, uh, Dryden and I'm um, excited to have you across from me because you're kind of a character, and I got talking to a couple of the boys from back in the day, and Hopefully we can share some of those stories. They're pretty good. I've got so, a face for the radio here, Newman, so I'm very much looking forward to this. Thank you. Your <laughs> wife would maybe say a little different. <laughs> uh, to all the boys listening, this is going to be a treat. So i I got to start with uh, driving here to Calgary. We're doing this in Calgary. And uh, along the way, I'm listening to the Columbus Tampa game, and if you don't follow the NHL, well, Tampa's like the perennial powerhouse. Everybody picked them to win the Stanley Cup, and they just got swept four games straight. My goodness. Ridiculous. I can't believe it. Top of the league, President's Trophy, and swept. Columbus finally came through, won a series. It's, it's wow. First series in uh, franchise, franchise history. history. Yeah. Right? That cannon going off. Uh Yikes. Yeah, Matt DeShane's probably happy about that trade now, I'm sure. No kidding, right? 
yeah, Panarin, Bobrovsky. Yeah, I'll stay here for right now. Well, actually, but. that's what I was thinking on the way here. I'm wondering if Panarin's like, you know what? That was that was kind of fun. Maybe I will give it another kick a, kick the can here, right? Because he talks will they to- sign the seven eight year contract though? Maybe I, mean, I don't know. Panarin's depends how far they go. Good. Tortorella's loving it though right now. There's a the guy. Old, the old torts. There's a guy that when he got signed there, uh, what was that? Two years ago. Yeah, probably about that. I went, why the heck are you signing Tortorella? He'd just come off the brawl in Calgary and all that. Yeah, going like, with Vancouver and everything. Yeah, yeah you like, want this guy? He's cuckoo. Guy? Yeah. But, man, is he whipped him into shape? Oh, yeah. Like, holy crap. There's there's not very many coaches bred like that, and I believe your last week's guest uh, is cut from the same cloth as Mr. Tortorella, <laughs> if, I, if I might say so myself, That's Mr. Wintoniak. <laughs> Larry Wintoniak, yeah. Right? yeah. He, uh, he enjoy. I'm sure he enjoys Tortorella. Oh, for sure. Yeah, nothing like a good charge charge down the hallway at the other team's best player, coach, whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, my goodness. So many good memories. Well, and while we're talking about it, the Islanders just swept the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. Just saw that one, too. Right? Like, what uh, I was saying in this off-air, like, it's cool to watch upsets happen. It's probably even better to watch teams that normally don't win win. And then coming from the Oilers fan base... Like, you just know the Islanders fans are losing their absolute crap right yep. now. Columbus is losing their absolute crap right now. They're yep. going to the second round for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And for the Islanders, no Tavares, right? Well, that didn't stop they, yeah, them, Yeah, they right? don't need them, yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. Barzell, Eberle, you know, they got, they got some good Oh, yeah, good Jordan Eberle, yeah. he, he's a fantastic player, right? <laughs> oh, Saskatchewan boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dang I should, it. I should point out that Cowboy is a proud Oiler fan living in... <sighs> Probably the most hostile and, environment and enemy ever. territory. <laughs> and I should point out we're uh, we're sipping on a little rum tonight. That's been the drink of choice. Yes, He's sir. He's got a little uh, lime in it. I'm not sure if I love the lime, but I'll, yeah, that's I'll, next round. I'll I'll take it out for you. That's fine. So <clears throat> I like to go back to the beginning. And uh, you originally from Edmonton, Alberta, but uh, you said you grew up in Spruce Grove. Yes, Spruce correct. Grove. Yep. And so that's where you get your start playing hockey? Yeah, that's where I started playing hockey on an outdoor rink. I remember watching my oldest brother uh, playing hockey on the outdoor rink. And then when it was time for me to start skating and get into organized hockey, that's where I started as well too. So pretty cool. And you're a family of five? Or Fam- yeah, five kids. Yeah. Five kids. Yeah. But a middle child. I was five, five kids as well. But Explains I was a lot. Yeah, it does, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You get away with a lot, I'm sure. I got blamed for everything. You learn how to squeal the proper way. Oof, tell me about it. I find I got two. Well, I got two kids right now. A boy who just turned three. Yeah. Little girl who turns two in July, and uh, I think my wife has told uh, her family now, so I can announce it. We're having a third in October. So big shocker there. Out of boy, out of boy. Three under four. The Newman be, clan. Yeah, I might be a little insane. I'm not <laughs> sure, but I chat. I catch the little girl now. She understands that she can blame Shay, my boy. For just about anything. And if you're not paying attention, right, you can't see him, she'll scream bloody Myrtle and you walk around and you, well, you got to give Shay crap, right? He's yep. the older one. By a, by, a, You should know better. What's, yeah. your, what's your problem? What are you doing? Except now I've actually caught her. Like, she doesn't realize there's a monitor in the bedroom, right? And so you can actually catch her, like, red-handed. <laughs> like, she's screaming and he's just staring at her and you're like, oh. She's playing me already, right? They start so young. So young. Oh, I'm in trouble. My firstborn daughter. Oh, here we go. Well, and, um, how are you enjoying fatherhood? I'm loving it very much. Yeah. My wife is looking at me right now, but I'm proud to say I love it very much. 
Well, you're first in December, correct? Uh, yes, December 29th, Ayla. So it's nice and fresh. You betcha, nice and fresh. She at least sleeping through the night for you? She's Yeah, she's sleeping seven, eight hours through the night. Uh, we have some good nights, we have some bad nights still, a little growth <laughs> spurts here or there, um, but uh, you know, we're taking it in stride, but lots of fun. Oh, fatherhood is a blast. You betcha. Yeah. Okay, well, back to hockey. So you got five siblings. Uh, so you're the third. Like, is there a big age difference between you and your oldest, or are nope. you guys all tight? Uh, we're, well, we're all two years apart. So my oldest brother is four years older than me. Then my sister is two years older than me. Me, I have a two-year uh, younger brother and a four-year younger brother Holy man. as well. So That's yeah, calculated. All, yeah, mom and dad planned it right out. <laughs> and your your dad shoots straight and true to be able to pull that Apparently, off. Apparently, yeah. Right? Have, have sex five times, five kids, bada bing, bada boom, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> so when you're starting out in hockey, do you remember, like, where you, now they got, like, all these things, right? Like, in Lloyd, and I'm sure Calgary, well, Calgary's giant Alberta compared to Lloyd, giant, yeah. right? They got, like, initiation, uh, yeah, is it initiation? <laughs> initiation as a five-year? <laughs> no, initiation to hockey. Right, and they got all these things that are like stepping stones until you get into like minor hockey. Right, I don't remember that as a young. I don't remember that either. Nope. It were similar timelines. It was so, if, it was if you were the right age to fit into the group, you went with the group, and then the coach was kind of in charge of the team and the skills, and you had some very skilled players, you had some not so skilled players. Everybody sort of rotated through uh, goaltender, so to speak. Uh, which did I, you ever want to be goaltender? No. I, I think I'd like blocking shots, just like you. I think uh, goaltender, no way, Jose. Rule number one in the house was never be a goaltender. Rule number two, never be a drummer in a, in a band. So thanks for those life lessons, Dad. Appreciate it. Oh, God. Uh, and so, so you started playing minor hockey then in... In Spruce Grove, in Spruce yeah. Grove? yeah, Spruce and Grove Minor Hockey, home, many... of, home of Grant Fear, all that kind of fun stuff. So oh, we had yeah. the Grant Fear Memor- Memorial Arena. Uh, through the heydays of the Oilers, all that fun stuff, yeah. So you grew up being an Oilers fan. It must Always. pain you, like, to no end what's going on in Edmonton right now. We'll talk about that later on once I have a couple more rubs. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, frustrating, yes, but I'm still a fan. Does the Calgary Flames losing the other night just give it, just help you out a little bit? It felt really good watching that with a bunch of my colleagues at work. Yes, it was It was very nice, yeah. <laughs> Just quiets them up just that much more. Problem is, I live in a house where there's a Flames fan, so I have to be careful when I come home. But, uh, <laughs> Flames. Psh. So, how many years do you play in Spruce? What, what, because you say you go to Grand, uh, Grand Prairie at an age. Uh, is it moved uh, to Grand Prairie in 91? No, sorry, 1993. My bad. Uh, so I would have been, what, like seven or eight by the time we moved. So, just in, I think, just past Adams, or just just in Adams, starting Adam age in when you Grand, were in Grand Prairie. Yeah, when we like when we moved to Grand Prairie. So I played the very whatever the equivalent of Timbits was back in the day, because we didn't have Timbits back. Tom in the day. Thumb is what we called in there Saskatchewan. There we go. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was Tom Thumb. You're right. Bullshit. And yeah, I thought that was in, only a Saskatchewan thing. No, I think that was. Well, there's a lot of Saskatchewan people in Alberta now too, True. right? So. I miss Tom Thumb. They got to call oh. it some, you know, and now they, you know, you can't call it midget anymore either. Nope. Right? I don't Thank know. God it's not like swimming, right? Don't they have like salamander yeah, and all those yeah. kind of like. Yeah. Goldfish. <laughs> Goldfish. Right. Uh, geez. Orca whale. 
<laughs> Killer whale. Oh, okay. You're just a slug. We're just going to keep you off on the side. No swimming for you. My brothers used okay. to call me the tugboat in water. I just pushed water. I didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> uh, poor, poor brother. Jeez. So you, you start out playing in, uh, in Spruce Grove. Do you remember like how many times you're on the ice, anything like that? Like I was talking to Brad Crookshank. He grew up in Kelowna and he always talked about like learning, being on ice a ton with um, like on the ponds and stuff like that, right? And and How many times a week on the ice playing as a kid? And as a kid, you don't remember that kind of stuff. But I just remember my parents specifically, like growing up, we grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan, and they at any point had an outdoor rink, took us down to the local rink. My dad used to flood the local rink, so we used to go skating on it all the time. And uh, and I just heard like a cool story about a small town where they keep – the rink open all the time, but lock up the concession and any valuables, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, But as long as you have a helmet, you can go skating as long as there's no practice going on. That's and pretty I'm like, neat. You want to get kids into the game, man. Creative, yeah. Well, hockey's an expensive sport, right? Very much, yeah. And so and practice just, time is a premium for them. You want to you know, right. entice the creativity and, and the so kids I, and so I talked to a kid, or well, kid, a uh, shanker who was at yeah. a Kelowna. He played pro and stuff like that. He played very good hockey. And he said he skated a ton on the ponds there, and that's where he learned. Yeah. And You'd mentioned that you started in Spruce, so I was just wondering, like, yep. were you on the ice a lot, or was it something that just kind of slowly came to you? No, it was, yeah, well, it was two or three times a week. I, I'm sure we were we were on the ice. No outdoor, sorry, there was the outdoor rink we were ac- allowed to access uh, throughout the week, but with such a large family, I know it was harder to get out there and go. Uh, we never had a rink in our backyard. It was always just mom and dad or we'd play a lot of street hockey right i remember a lot of that as a kid and it was yeah oh yeah up up and down the street you know all the neighborhood kids out so you didn't really need skates you could do it whenever you wanted to uh lots of homemade videos of that with all all ages age ranges of kids and then the dads join in and you put the youngest in net right i'm sure you know what that's like (laughs) hey sean you're in net again dang it (laughs) On, Uh, on the farm growing up we didn't have street hockey because roads and the next yeah, neighbor was like a mile. Yeah, but I grew up in a family yeah. of five so we played street hockey in the living room oh. and I mean the amount of times we broke the chandelier I don't know how my mom has, still has hair your poor parents oh absolutely right we had this beautiful piano and it was the perfect net though right like a posts <laughs> and a crossbar that's awesome and uh, now you look at it and it's got stick marks like everywhere on it the, the slash marks oh everywhere? yeah oh. yeah oh yeah it got competitive no brother put another brother through like the the front window or anything like that uh, Bro- broken windows anything like that i don't think there's any broken windows that we broke the piano several times we used to play uh sort of form of baseball out in the yard we broke windows that way i believe my oldest brother mom used to come screaming out of the house at us oh man i mean five kids is what you do you get creative out in the yard oh yeah and being on the farm we didn't have neighbors that were right beside us you all entertained each other and did things together right yeah Yeah. so i know what it's like you gonna have more than one kid we'd like to yeah of course yeah (laughs) <laughs> gotta gotta wait wait for this period to kind of subside and end and then we'll have that conversation but that, we, we'd what, like to have more ch- children that's what yeah. i said after our first and we had <laughs> irish twins we had them 14 months apart well pitter patter let's get at her <laughs> <laughs> you have five more minutes to wrap this up newman and then uh, my wife and i have some plans so <laughs> yeah. uh, for all you not here jen's sitting staring at us going you guys are idiots yeah we are complete idiots 
So let's talk about uh, Grand Prairie then. You guys moved to Grand Prairie? Yeah. Relocated up to Grand Prairie in, yeah, 93 it would have been. Uh, the whole family moved up there. You remember uh, what took you up there? Uh, my dad got transferred with, um, uh, he was working with Home Hardware at the time. So he oh, took okay. over the Home Hardware up in Grand Prairie. Mom was a nurse, so she was easily transferable from the Misericordia Hospital in Edmonton up to the Grand Prairie Hospital. So all of us packed up and headed north before the big oil boom, so to speak, in GP. So lived there for another eight years. Yeah. What was so, Grand Prairie like back then? It was it was five hours away from any good quality hockey, so to speak. It was every weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We were gone because I, I remember getting there and it was Adam. And then I played my peewee there. I moved away for a year of midget, came back for, sorry, moved away for a year of bantam, came back for the rest of my bantam. And the every other team in our league was near Edmonton for the most part in, in Alberta, right? That's where we had to go for our games so it was a five-hour bus ride every single weekend all the way down for games then all the way back or they'd be coming to us so who, who was on that league uh so it, uh because i so they, like by the, the, a, by a, the, a and bhl like in like um in the bantam league this would have been would have been like grand prairie fort mac would have been the two northern teams and then you have fort saskatchewan uh then you have did uh, you play lloyd back in the day uh, I think Lloyd might have been in the league then. Because by the time I got to Pee Wee and Bantam, yep. we traveled to Grand Prairie, Peace River, Fort Mac, uh, Fort St. John. Yep. Like I remember like Adam and Pee Wee, Fort St. John, Dawson Creek, holy all man. The, uh, yeah, Grand Cache, all those all northern, you- northern spots. Yeah, that's where lots of road trips out there into the middle of nowhere. Uh, but come rep hockey, when it was the, the best of the best, so to speak, it was always Grand Prairie driving to Edmonton or farther south, right, all the way to Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, or to, or to uh, Fort Mac. So road trips galore on the bus, five-plus oh, hours man. all the time. You know, when when uh, the Humboldt crash happened, that's all I could think about was back then, right? Or even when we go to Dryden, right? When like the road trips you'd take Fort St. John and or sorry, uh, Fort Francis. Fort yep. Francis, Thunder Bay. Yep. Uh, you were gone, but we used to go to Marathon. I remember yep. like some trips through those. We'd roads. go down to Duluth and stuff like yeah. that too. Some of those places down in the states. Those are treacherous roads. Yeah, right. And we always hit. You know, shout out to all the bus drivers out there because there are some auto, exceptional. You yeah, auto was the man, right? You betcha. Yeah. Uh, day day in day out. Day in, day out, they'd be driving down there and watching the games, cheering us on, and then, yeah, hopping back on the bus. And we clipped a few deer every once in a while, right? Yeah, remember, absolutely. remember seeing deer fly by the window, but thank goodness we never hit any moose because that would, that would ruin the bus. Be unfortunate. Road trips. So back in Pee Wee, when you're in Grand Prairie, there would have been hitting back then, right? Oh, yes, sir. You betcha. Now there's no hitting in Pee Wee. No. Yeah, they're starting it up at Bantam now, right? Yeah, well... Um, Ridiculous. What was your thoughts on that? Not a fan. I think proper... proper. I'm, granted, puberty hits everybody at different ages, so to speak. I'm, I'm a... I mean, I, it hit you when you were 18, I know, Sean. So. I've been the same height since I was, like, 14. Uh, I haven't grown a dang... I, I would uh, go with the older school thought that it's it's better and safer to start the kids at a younger age with the proper uh, hitting techniques and learning, you know, how to uh, properly angle people and hit the hit them 
up against the boards not within the three feet for the hitting from behind i think you start at that older age you're running into um kid those teenage years where kids just want to be complete idiots and hurt each other and more accident i'm i'm sure i don't have the stats looking looking at them in front of me whether it's helping out the concussions and all that stuff but i i always figure you start them younger it always seems to help out right you start them later on they don't get the concepts and then you have that very wide gap between the ones that get it and the ones that don't and yeah bad so bad (laughs) shanker told me i I keep referring to shanker he was about three episodes before he's Kelowna, bc and he said back when he was growing up and he'd be older than both of us they had no hitting in peewee and he said they used to come to alberta tournaments and they'd be hitting and they said they loved it and i said well you know like what's your school thought and he he didn't mind it right yeah the thing i think i see coming for hockey is i think hitting is just going i think they're gonna get rid of fighting and then i think slowly behind it or quickly behind it the hitting is gonna not rubbing out and stuff but i think open ice hitting is gonna i don't see how they can keep having issues with you know you talk about ways to accept hits and stuff like that. I think you'll always always have hitting in the game. I remember playing midget AAA here in Calgary with the Northwest Calgary Flames, and we played tune-up games against the uh, the Canadian women's national team before they went to the Olympics. And it would have been the 2002 Salt Lake City Olympics when they won gold. Yeah. So we played tune-up games against them. They played, a, they played uh, a bunch of the Calgary teams. There's four Calgary teams here, so they played exhibition games against us. And I remember them telling us before the game that there was going to be no hitting whatsoever. And I've never been hit so hard by <laughs> Cassie Campbell, by <laughs> Haley Wickenheiser, and like dirty. Like, granted, they were like in their 20s, some of them maybe even in their 30s, and were 17 and 18-year-old kids playing midget AAA, used to hitting, and then... They tell us, yeah, there's no hitting, anything like that, and you're getting rubbed out, cross-checked, and just dirty, dirty play. It, I think it's always going to be there, right? Well, no. Because there's no hitting in female hockey, and there clearly is. I never right? said there was going to be no hitting. <laughs> I think they're going to try and take away all the big hits. Right. Well, yeah, they already have Yeah, the, the head hits and stuff like that. You know, poor Don but, Cherry but, but doesn't problem, have a rock'em sock'em video with no, nearly as many hits you, nowadays. You, you watch a you watch a game, and uh, case in point, Carolina the other night, where the guy hits him, and it's like shoulder. Maybe there's a little head graze. Uh, that was Fer, uh, Furlan, Michael yep, Furlan. That's yep. right, right. And the guy yep. goes down. They call him a five minute major, right? Yep. Booted from the game, and then everybody watches it and goes, "Oh, wait a second. Geez, that uh, uh, I don't know. Is that a hit to the head? Right? Like, doesn't yep. look like it. But he, nobody can his, tell what his, it is his anymore. His hip hit him first, and his head was just. See, that's the problem with people not being able to, like, not putting themselves in a proper position, with, with all the, the hits or sort not the, the the concussion stuff that's out there right now, and the everybody's reaching for the puck like forward leaning their head in so the first point of contact is always going to be the head so to speak so how do you how do you stop somebody then because everybody's always trying to look for that next that next edge to get the puck to get their shot off fast enough to score that goal right i mean so when they're when they're leaning in there how do you how do you stop them i mean if you don't get the puck away it's either the puck or the man right as a defenseman you know that (laughs) puck or the man and if you can't get the puck you're taking that man am i supposed to just hold on to him then like oh sorry touch like flag football i've hit a sour spot i enjoy this god bullshit (laughs) 
Can I swear? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I got to apologize to my mother because I'll, I'll receive a phone call. I'm sure she does not like the swearing. I apologize, mom, but sometimes it just needs to be I think said. You need, a, you, need a, you need a swear jar. That's what you need. Oh, that's not bad. That's a bad, right? a bad idea. You, you put that in the old box and when you're going around seeing the boys. What do I do with the money though? Donate it to charity. Come on. Oh yeah. That's, that's good. That's right? good. I mean, it could go to beer money or something like that. No, but, no, but I, I, I'm a grown ass man. I got charity. Yeah. <laughs> The Sean Newman charity. <laughs> You're going to need hair follicles after that uh, third kid comes out. So. Oh, well, let's not go. Uh, who am I kidding? I'm excited. My wife's going to be, she she was going down the kid road to hop to a completely different subject for two seconds. When when we get pregnant, and, or she's pregnant, not we, when she's pregnant, I'm like a little kid with a, a secret that I just want to blurt out to the world. Right? Yeah. You feed me few. You, you already did. That's right. You feed me a few of a few rums, and yeah. I'm just like telling everybody, right? But I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have a third. Yeah. Idea, right? Like, I can see five na- years from now, it's going to be like this. That was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, whoopsies. Uh, well, can't take that one back now, can we? <laughs> uh, uh, but no. Uh, good tangent. <laughs> going back to the hitting thing. I don't think hitting's ever going to go out of the game. It's, it's, it's too competitive, fast. It's, it's not built where you're on the opposite yeah. sides and you can't touch each other, right? Right. No, yep. you're going to touch each other. You're going to rub each other out. I yep. just think where it's leading is they're going to try and get, well, they've already tried getting rid of as much fighting as humanly possible. Yeah. Case in point, Ovechkin. It's the, it's the head stuff, yeah. Ovechkin the other night gets challenged, drops mitts. Have you ever seen Ovechkin drop the mitts? Yeah, no. Yeah, I and think they said his last fight was 2010. Holy crap. I well, mean, it's a young kid. I don't right? think anybody told that 19-year-old uh, how to uh, put his hands up and protect himself, so... That was a couple well, and he of, eats couple it cracks. on the chin, man, and drops him, right? And that's what they're trying to get away. And it just keeps, every time that happens, the social media and the television and PBR and everybody PBR, sees, Everybody PBR. sees that. Everybody and, sees it and replays yeah. it in slow-mo and sees how he ran. Yeah, and how the helmet falls off and how the head hits the boards, right. like uh, DeBrusque getting hit there. The, or, that's right. Uh, DeBrusque or Krug. Who, DeBrusque is the one who uh, no, he took the hit. Yeah, the, the, I think it was Krug. Krug took the hit, though. And his and same game, same game, same game earlier on. Didn't Krug take a hit along the ah, boards? Crap, or, I don't whatever. Know. Yeah. And he he stumbled off because he's got concussion um, history now. and all that yeah. stuff. So, anyway, yeah, I think you are right that the bigger hits are well, have have gone out of the way. You don't see the Scott Stevens guys lining, you know, the defenseman lining up the the open ice hits, the the cutting across the the middle of the you ice. Can't anymore. You, you, you can't because even right? if even if it's the cleanest hit in the world, yep. and you drop a guy. Then they call him a defenseless player. Yep. So now it's it reminds me of uh, even the hip checks are gone too when you're not even near I the. Still, near, I still like, pull off hip checks and see. Oh, I love, hockey. I love no, a good hip check. Nobody nobody enjoys it though. I actually had DJ King. Oh yeah. He's playing a meadow against us this year in playoffs, and he used to play for Washington and St. Louis. And I hip checked him, and he was not happy about that. Not happy. But I am like, it's a hockey play, right? It's a heck. I'm yeah. a, I'm a five foot seven defenseman. That's how am I supposed I got. to stop you? Yeah. That's right. I got the hip check. Got hundred pound hips for a reason, folks. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, this game, love this game. I don't want them to change it, but you're right. It's changing in that direction. No more big hits and the fighting. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, every time it happens, they just they have a you know just gets there's video yep. of it now of what happens when it happens, right? And I'm not saying I need to see twelve fights. We went through an era where, you know, you were hoping for it to pull this way, right? Because we were down the road. We'll get to Dryden in the bench clearing brawl, but we we've been through some things that, you know, at the time you go like, man, it'd be nice if they clean that up a little bit. 
Yep. Now with cleaning it up, they've almost gone so far to the one side that yeah, that it's it's changing the game where you're getting rid of those those hockey players. Yeah, the, yeah, the, those those types of players though too, right? Yep. That that made hockey so much fun to watch, right? Well, on the playoff player, right? Like, you know, you watch Tampa play, and they're playing a team that has a bunch of playoff players. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. That are built for yep a seven game series. They come in. Rough up the star players. You wonder right? why Vegas was so good. I mean, they had the the three second lines. They didn't have like a top line you needed to shut down. They had like those nitty gritty middle of the pack guys from yeah. all the teams that they brought together. And the guys yeah. were like, let's do something special. And they crushed the league last year. It was incredible. And they're doing it again this year. They're yeah. doing a great job. So, Oh, man. They just thumped San Jose 5 1. Right? I, oh, wish, yeah. I wish Edmonton had that team right now. Yeah, me too. Right? Like, Wouldn't it'd be fun be nice? to watch them play off hockey. Should just they should just do like a, a lottery every single year. Not the not the draft lottery that Edmonton seems to win every year, but you know, like an expansion lottery where everybody gets to pick their own team. I wonder <laughs> just what start all I over what again. Vegas odds have the Oilers at winning the, the lottery this year, right? <laughs> Even if it's like they should only the win twenty twenty one will make will make the playoffs. I'm That's sure. Right. That's oh my right. goodness! What else you got? Well, uh, so you play your your Pee Wee and Bantam. Holy back. shit, we're only at Pee Wee. <laughs> oh my God. You go back to your Pee Wee, Bantam, and Grand Prairie, right? So you yep. play your Pee Wee, Bantam there, and then you hop to Calgary Midget AAA. Did you, yep. your family move to Calgary? Yeah, we moved down to Calgary. We oh, did move to Calgary. Yeah, so back up a little bit there when I was in Bantam, when I started Bantam, there was no Bantam AAA up in Grand Prairie. So I actually moved away from home as a 14-year-old and lived in, like, moved back to Spruce Grove because Spruce Grove had a Bantam AAA team in no in, in the in the league then. So I lived with some family friends that for for a year made the team, and uh, and that was yeah my 14, 15-year-old my first year of Bantam. Uh, well, AAA let's go down that road for a little bit. What was it like moving away from home at 14? I mean, you was, get to move I in mean, with. Friends and family. Yeah, fam- right? family friends, great family friends. Thank you very much to the Gardner family, by the way. Love you guys very much for that. Awesome. Uh, so Bantam AAA, the Spruce Grove Broncos was our was our team, na- team name. And uh, Charlie Huddy's son was actually on the team. No Ry- Ryan Huddy played yeah. with him there. Um, good team. We made the playoffs. We were eliminated in, I think, the second round, something like that. But that opened up my eyes to, like, the real rep hockey, the like the AAA hockey, traveling all around southern Alberta, some big tournaments. We went out to uh, Vancouver for one, uh, and Kamloops for the Kibbit tournament, I think it was. That was a big one okay. at the time. Did pretty good out there. It was, And then oh, that that's where I finally started the summertime hockey. I wasn't playing any summertime hockey and thinking about the Bantam draft or anything like that, whether you go the WHL route or you go the AHL, or sorry, the uh, yeah, Junior A junior route, a right? Route, yeah. Which way are you going to go? It's like, holy cow, I'm only 14 years old, right? But so what, it, was, what, it was interesting. So you're billeting at 14. Yeah. This is something that uh, I went and tried out for when I would have been 14. I went and tried out for uh, Strathcona, yep. and they had a team, and uh, I didn't make it. I got sent home, but at the same time, I remember thinking as a 14-year-old kid, I'm like, man, I can't imagine living away from my family and parents and everything else, right? You get so accustomed to being under mom and dad's roof, yep. right? And then somebody else's rules and school in a different, yep. right? Like in a completely different school, right? Like, 
it was kind of neat yeah. moving. It was kind of neat moving back for myself though, back to Spruce Grove because all those friends I had left when uh, oh, yeah. when I when I moved away in grade three in 1993, I got to see them all again as we're all teenagers now. So a bunch of bunch of friends that I so had it was maybe back a then, little more easy that, of a transition. And I, and I think that. It's what was what put my parents at ease and it also put me at ease. I didn't know it all at the time, but when I finally got to school, I was like, Oh, okay, this is kinda cool and then you're the you're the, the, the king of the castle as far as I'm playing Bantam AAA in the school and, and no like nobody else is. And it's that like, never went to your head at no, all. No, never, yeah, never. Not at all. Uh, and yeah, that, yeah, that year was a lot of fun, but, uh, the following season, uh, Grand Prairie ended up getting like an expansion team or whatever in the league. They finally got accepted. So I moved back home to Grand Prairie for my second year of midget and played midget triple A there. That was a little different because. Wait, second year midget or second year Sorry, 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 sorry. Second year Bantam. I apologize. Bantam. Bantam, Bantam, Yes. Thank you. Uh, second year Bantam. All my midget was in Calgary. So my second year Bantam was back in. How was it? Uh, how was Prairie. that bouncing from school to school? Like that was it? Like well, that, seamless? Yeah, that 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 was a little bit tougher because then I was going for that was grade ten, so grade nine was my first year of Bantam. Yeah, and then I was going to my first year of high school in Grand Prairie after being a year after away. being away. And so it's like ooh, a little, little little different, and then that's where the whole commitment as far as school and hockey being away every single weekend early on Fridays sometimes, like getting out yeah. of school, gone Friday, gone Saturday, back late Sunday, try doing your homework on the bus, right? When you're trying to hang out with the guys. I don't know how many times I watched Dumb and Dumber, but it never gets old. I could recite that whole thing right now, right? Classic. Favorite, what's your favorite line from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> favorite line? Feels like we're running at an incredible rate, Harry. <laughs> Felcher from from Cranston? Cranston? <laughs> yeah, I know her. <laughs> I mean, I met her. Uh, so do an yeah, entire podcast. Yeah, on yeah, dumb, dumb and dumbery. <laughs> that's that. That's what you should be asking every hockey player that comes on. Favorite, uh, favorite movie to watch on, on the bus. On the bus, or the one that's most memorable to you. I actually asked my brothers that on the podcast I did with them, and uh, mine still is Bull Durham because I, I, I didn't. I actually didn't watch it playing hockey. I watched it playing baseball. Ah, and uh, I love when when he. What he calls them all lollygaggers, right? You lollygagging the infield. You lollygagging the infield. Uh, what does that so mean? So many it? good movies. Lollygaggers. Quick, we're rewind the tape so we can watch it again. Right? <laughs> It'll take 15 minutes to rewind. Okay, sounds good. Play some cards. Well, now they'll probably have a, well, I haven't been on a bus. By the time I get my kids get back to a bus, they're going to have Netflix on there. So you can just Doesn't everybody just have iPads now or something like that? So it's, yeah, it, I think it might even, take away. Right, I don't right. even know what it's like. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I was. Th- What's your yeah. favorite card game from the bus? Euchre. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. See, and I'm a Kaiser guy. I like Kaiser. You never played Kaiser? No. Oh my God! <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, man. No. I'm, I'm right. We're gonna play Kaiser later on, I guess. We need two other people. Somebody oh, look us up it. in Calgary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on out, folks. Let's Guaranteed go. Guaranteed, there's like a Kaiser fan club somewhere in calgary and kaiser, just, well they have they've got bridge clubs do they have kaiser clubs? i guarantee they do there's a kaiser got app kaiser, they get, no there's a kaiser way. app I, pl- I have it on my phone i shit you not unbelievable yeah and the podcast has turned a tragic turn for the worst that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh bantam yeah wow good times and then yeah moved down to calgary for midget now is that uh whole family didn't move no my mom took a position this time so my mom moved with work back down to calgary for um 
she's a labor and delivery nurse. So she moved down here with um, myself and my sister. And so the three of us just lived in a condo not too far from here, actually. And uh, the the family was just split up a little bit while my dad was trying to wrap up work up in Grand Prairie and sell the house. He had my two youngest brothers there. Uh, My oldest brother had had already moved out. So we saw each other at the bigger holidays or when I was going through Grand Prairie playing uh, is when I saw them. Uh, and then the following year, so my second year of midget, we finally bought a house in Calgary and the whole family was then back, or sorry, most of the family's back together. Then. How was that so going was, through as a family? Was, I mean, you don't think about it all as a, as a kid, so to speak. I mean, it was just, that was just life yeah. to, to an extent. I mean, I thought hockey was everything. I didn't think about the whole family life, but I know it was a little hard on obviously my parents and maybe my upbringing. My parents didn't get to come see me as much as they wanted to, like play hockey. I wish my dad could have come out and saw more of the games and and coached me a little bit from the stands or, you know, before and after games, but such is life. I mean, I like to think I'm in a good place right now. So I just, now that I'm married, I just, I can't imagine uh sending your kid away or well sending my kid away one having my wife go live in a different town that's well what's calgary to grand prairie what's that calgary to grand prairie seven hours seven hours yeah right like that'd be tough i mean i'm there are some days i wish my wife was seven hours away (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) if you hear a big flack (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, so just who, kidding. So who did you play midget for in Calgary? Midget AAA was here uh, with the Northwest Calgary Athletic Association, uh, the Flames, as we're called. The Flames. The uh, Flames. Did you yep. get as a Calgary? That's the only time I ever wore Flames colors, and the only time I ever will. <laughs> did you get to play in a Max Cup then, being from? I, I did. Yeah, I played my second year. Unfortunately, my first year of midget, I broke my. Uh, my my right wrist uh i think two weeks before the max midget tournament so i had to sit in the stands my first year of midget and miss the whole entire max and that was i think the year Sidney crosby came through Holy and played crap. yeah it was it was, was he that good at that age he was uh, sorry oh, I, I, I know he was that i would have been 15 six no sorry 16 17 then i think he was a 13 or 14 year old that it was yeah wow Incredible, and then I think he played the next year too. Like so many good players, yeah. Through, through then we did we never played against him. I think he, he was in a different pool, but wow. Do you remember who uh, off your midget AAA teams was the best player? Do you do you uh, my that? midget AAA? So my uh, my first year midget AAA team uh, best player probably would have been Shane Hines, who went on to uh, he was drafted by the Anaheim Ducks and went and played with them before I think he had. Uh, severe knee injury oh, and then okay. he, he stopped playing so I actually see him in the city now he's working oil and gas uh, and then my second year best player on that team probably would have been Ryan Duncan who went on to play with Shattuck St. Mary uh, the North Dakota Fighting Sioux yeah. won the Hobie Baker Holy and crap. now he's playing over he tri- tried to play in the NHL but like you he's got a little bit of a size challenge I think and uh, he's playing over in Germany now Sal- Salzburg with the Red Bulls Oh, wow. I believe, yeah. And he's been there for five, five plus years, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Midget AAA. You think you're the kings of the world. <laughs> uh, so much fun. So, you're playing Midget AAA. 
you remember you said you tried out or maybe you were signed by old grizzlies was that your first choice did you have no uh so my first year of midget uh my first year of midget i went to uh, cripes why can't i think about it about cameras kodiaks Frig, everybody went I know it well they every everybody so I went there and and if maybe it was their their spring camp like after the season yeah and oh yeah we'd like to have you come on back you know you're just sifting through that oh we'd like the the promises which you don't you don't know which to take seriously as a kid I want so you're, still you're, get you're those? playing you I don't know I, I gotta I have a younger guy on tell me what they went through because <laughs> it's probably all email now, like, right? I well, mean, we used to nobody like, checks the mailbox anymore, right? I used to get like fourteen letters. I used to yeah. get like a letter from every SJ team. Yeah, because I, I think they just they grab the team list and just send it all. Hey, well, come on, especially if out, you right? win a league or if you're yep. in the top, right? They just hammer it out and yep. they're hoping. I mean, it's Hope a cash the best. grab, right? Of course, some of it is. Yeah, anyways. come to our camp and pay sixty bucks, and then it's okay. Yeah, and then they kind of see you and look. So Camrose, I went to one of their camps first. Uh, and then I think I went to Olds after that. Uh, but the start of my second year midget, yeah, I went out to Olds and they're like, go back and play a second year midget. So I went uh, and played a second year midget. And then I went back again, the start of the, like the following season for, for junior. I hadn't signed, uh, sorry, I, I signed with them then cause we needed to play a couple exhibition games. I played, I think two or three exhibition games. And then they're like, yeah, it's just not going to work out here. We have too many defensemen then. So it was like, Hey, we've, we know there's this new up and coming league over in Ontario right now. We can, we can ditch your rights and all that stuff out to them because at the time there was uh, a coach from Alberta that just took over the dried nice dogs from Larry Wintoniak. Uh, Wayne Labrie was his name. Okay. And, uh, so he was looking for some Albert, some Western talent, so to speak, not have so many Ontario guys. Cause they could have eight imports like in Dryden. So, uh, there was a few of us from Alberta that ended up going out to not, I didn't know anybody else at the time. It was just flying in there, start a camp. And before we go to Dryden, yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Let's bring up like, right now is like, I think it's my favorite time of year, right? You got the NHL playoffs going on, mm-hmm. but you also just finished the Allen cup. Shout out to Lacombe Generals who uh, won the Allen Cup. Congrats there, boys. Yeah. And uh, then you got, well, I was I was always a, a junior A guy. So I yep. like watching and seeing what the different leagues are doing, right? So yeah. right now, like, the Brooks team is, like, hurts my brain. <laughs> They're a host team. Yeah. usually the host team loses out in, like, the first round. Right. Man, I know that isn't exactly right, but you know what I mean. Like, it just seems like every time there's a host team, they never make it out of the first round. They get yeah. a bye to the... And then they wait two or three weeks months. until... Yeah, yeah or and, months. And, yeah. yeah, right? And then they're healthy, and they walk yeah. in, and they win a couple games, and, you know, and it's like, oh, that kind of sucks, because all these other teams have been playing, like, best of sevens and everything. Yeah, they they've get been there. playing the playoffs for the last month of the season. They're just going strong. Brooks finished the, broke their record. The so AJHL AJ record. record, yeah. 57-3. and three. Like fifty wow. seven and three. That's a lot of wins. Right? And one of the complaints I heard online was they don't have enough Alberta boys on that team. And I'm like, they just they just fifty seven and three. Who cares where they're getting their talent yeah. from? If you're a fan of that team, it's like yeah. do you care if it's right? Like but I come they're from the games, school yeah. of thought I, I didn't play in Saskatchewan. I played out in Ontario as a Saskatchewan boy. If the kids come in and buy into what you're doing and become part of your community, what they're, the heck does it matter? Yeah, they're part of the community then. Right? Right? Dryden boys. So like we're Dryden's the second home. Well, absolutely. I speak very highly of Dryden because Dryden was that good. Yeah. So, 
Brooks now is eleven and three in playoffs. They've lost just as many games in playoffs as they did this season. <laughs> I but mean, you, you gotta have down days. I mean, I think they are up three, three nothing. Would that be? I think, I think three, last time I looked, I think three it was, nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. Three nothing in the finals against Spruce Grove. Yeah, and then they got to play in the Doyle Cup against. Alberta, um, yeah. Or sorry, that's yeah, Western. Them against BC. And BC, I think, is who is it? Vernon and Prince George right now. Okay. Right. Not that this is going. I'm no, just yeah. like, yeah. this is like the coolest time of year. Oh yeah, so many different all playoffs these, going on. Yeah, right. Le- leading to the the national championships or the NHL championships. Yeah, when it all gets there, it's it's the stories of how those teams got there. Oh it's man, incredible. Except for the freaking Brooks Bandit. like they're <laughs> yeah. just absolutely mopping the floor. I don't. I, I was trying to think of like a team that even remotely comes. Well, close you could to... you could look at the Tampa Bay Lightning who just tied the the yes, NHL record, but for, they lost for wins. in the first I know. round. Yes, they got swept. But I mean, you're looking for another team. It's. <laughs> I always think like the New Brooks England... showed up. Tampa Bay zilch. <laughs> I, I think a New England Patriots to hop sports. I think a. They they have that perfect season and then they lose in the Super Bowl, right? Like they came that close, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm a Brady fan, but better luck next year. Yeah, well, I 365 think... more days next year's hockey tryouts. Need to toughen up. <laughs> so, how do you do? You fly out to Dryden then? Uh, negative. I drove out last year. Gotta love that road trip out to Dryden. So you drive? You drove out by yourself? The, the wife and I drove out. No, like, for no, last no. Year for when you when you go for you, the first year you play in Dryden. Oh, sorry. When I went out to Dryden, yeah, I flew out to Dryden. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember leaving Olds, coming back home, and uh, I was talking to my dad. He's like, he's like, well, this is an opportunity. I was like, I don't even know where Dryden is. So yeah, no, no really good internet. It's only dial up back then. So dad pulls out the old map of Canada, spreads it out on top of the pool table, right? And it's, I, I, I vividly remember this. And we're, we're doing the old search through Ontario. It's like a Northern Ontario. And you know, if you tell anybody that, they just start looking like north of like Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Oh, yeah, okay. Cottage country. No, like the north where the trees are. Jeez. The trees and mosquitoes. Yeah, right right there. So then we finally find Dryden. And it's, yeah, it's out in, out in the sticks, so to speak. But uh, an opportunity and... Nobody else was offering any opportunity at the time, so jumped at it, packed the hockey bag and a suitcase, and flew out to Dryden. It was pretty cool. You said the airport was uh, a memorable experience, or the getting picked air- up. Well, yeah. So the airport, uh, I know, I don't, I don't remember anybody else being on my flight. I just remember meeting, like, walking outside the Winnipeg terminal, and there's this big giant red Ford F three fifty tiniest little man standing next to it named Kevin Zachary. Love the guy to death. <laughs> right? Big K as they call him standing there and he's picking up all, all these all these hockey players so he notices me with the big hockey bag and you're heading out to Dryden. Yeah, that's me. He's like, which one are you? I was like, I'm Colin Sanko. I'm from Calgary. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And there's two or three other guys there. One uh, was from uh, Quebec at the time. And so we all hop in big case, like all the hockey Did bags in the back. Did anyone stay playing for a couple of years or were you the only one? Or do you remember? I was the only, I would, two, two of them played that year and then they weren't there for the rest of the okay. year. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of them was another defenseman. I can't remember for the, I'd have to look at the, the rosters, so to speak. Uh, him and I were 
mild def- defense partners and stuff like that. But that that trip, I remember hopping in the in the truck and we're we're making the three hour drive out to Dryden, and everybody's just shooting the shit, talking talking about where they're from and where they played before and. Uh, obviously the Quebec guy, it, we start calling him Frenchy, so to speak. I mean, wherever, wherever he's from, cause he's got the accent and can't speak very good English. Um, <laughs> so then they, they get to me, you know, Cal and, oh, I'm from Calgary. Oh, oh, you ever go to the Calgary stampede before? And, oh yeah, I've been there a few times, like pr- pretty, pretty good little party in the city. And then Frenchy pipes up from the back. He's like, "Oh, so you you a cowboy then, right?" <laughs> it's like, uh, "Not not 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 really. Like I live in the city, right? <laughs> but you got horses and everything there, right? You're like a cowboy." <laughs> uh, and Big K liked that so much. He just, he started calling me cowboy, and we pulled into. We went right to Eagle Lake, I think it was. We didn't go right into Dryden. There was a practice that day in Eagle Lake, just out on the reserve for the team and so all, all four or five of us in the in the truck pull in there that's where big k left us and we hopped on the ice and yeah the rest is the rest is history spent three years there i was saying to <laughs> tyler mcdonald as i talked to him you talked to him yes yeah, i did yeah i did get a hold of uh, him. the old t-mac and i asked him point blank like, how the heck does cowboy like where does that come from because i was saying to him like when I got to Dryden, which would have been three years after that, yeah. or two years, I guess, yep. two full years after that, I played with you your third year, we knew he was Captain Cowboy. And I was saying to him, I'm like, I'm pretty sure for at least the first two months, I didn't know your first name. Heck, I might not have known your last name. I just knew he was Cowboy. Everybody called you Cowboy, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so a French man gave you nickname. French man gave me the name Cowboy, and it, it stuck billets. Every, like Everybody, teammates, coaches, everybody called me Cowboy. And I can't go back to Dryden and not be called Cowboy. Uh, er, yeah, everybody does. It's it's pretty pretty good. Love it. <laughs> so when you go there, you get dropped off at uh, Eagle Lake. Eagle. Yeah, Eagle Lake. Eagle yeah. Lake. Yeah, when we the year we went to the Dudley, we practiced with Eagle Lake. I think that's the only time I practiced there. Random enough. So you're practicing. Is that training camp then, or is that you're already on the team? That was training camp. Yeah. It, so, was, it, it was, I think they had already done one or two pra- practices, like some mock yeah. scrimmages and stuff like that. But they only had, I think there was 30 of us there at that training camp then, like in, in Eagle Lake. And it yeah. was two or three ice sessions a day. Yeah, just weeding through all the crap. <laughs> did you uh, Did you have to throw down back then? I did, yeah. Did you? Yeah. In, you? in training camp? Yeah, yeah, how'd you do? Oh, not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I actually ended up fighting uh, Pat Celine, another good friend of mine that yeah. I played with two years there. And he he's from uh, Cochrane, Alberta. So just, just out. So he had made the drive all the way out there. Same almost story as me, needed like the opportunity out in Dryden. So he made the trek all the way out there. And we we both knew we wanted to make the team. So we we, we dropped our mitts together. And we he, he's he got a few inches on me, uh, height and reach. But uh, I held in there. And I, I know I took a few punches, but uh, it was, yeah, helped us make the team. God, it feels <laughs> like yesterday going to training camps. And I, I, I dealt with Larry for my first where I went when an extended period, so like where I stayed longer than just like a spring training camp, yeah. where you basically go out and do a whole lot of nothing, right? You just you know you skate and you Schmooze, scrimmage yep. and whatever. But my first three training camps were under Larry Wintoniak, where I felt like I had to fight. So I always like I remember my first for sure three fights in the SI 
were with a guy who was six foot, a guy who was six foot three, and a guy who was six foot five. I actually didn't do that bad because they were so surprised I wanted to drop the mitts. But I had Larry on the bench. He's so like, feisty. <laughs> he was yelling off. He's a sass kid. I can't control him, right? And I'm going like, Larry, just just leave it alone. I'm Put five your chain back on him, Wintoniak. Put your chain back on your pit bull. <laughs> I don't think I fought much after that. I was never oh, a great man. fighter. But but you needed to in that league. Well, you needed to. You needed to stick up for yourself and everybody. Like you couldn't just have one guy doing the fighting every single night with the like the. We didn't have a two fight rule. It was only a one fight rule. So yeah. you needed to pick your battles wisely, and everybody kind of needed to share the sh- share the load, so to speak. Oh, Dryden. So many memories. I was going through, I had a long, I drove five hours today, so I got to sit and think about some things from Dryden, and I was wondering, do you remember your rookie party? Because now, now I, you know what, they probably do rookie parties. They're probably a little tamer than what we went through. Yeah. And I know, like, hazing is very frowned upon. I'm not even sure I mind that, right? There was some stuff that went on and still goes on from time to time that make you just, you like, shake, shake your head, head yeah. like, why would you ever do that, right? Yeah. But do you remember your rookie party? There were so many parties in Dryden. It's, it's, it's hard to, to mesh them all together or pull them apart, so to speak. Uh, one specific, or not, no, rookie party right I off remember, the bat, no. I remember my rookie party, which you would have been the captain of at the time. My my <laughs> vet that I got sold to or dealt to was Kyle Schroeder. Right? Yeah. I got put in a man diaper, and it depends. I think it said rookie bitch on it, and they dressed me up like a little baby, and I had to walk around. I didn't authorize that. It was, it was, you know. I was a willing participant, right? Like, I I wasn't like I was, they didn't do anything bad to me. They just dressed me up, made me walk in front of girls, embarrass myself, right? Like, there's. Dress you up and walk you around dry, and I mean, 10 people will see you, right? <laughs> it's winter time. Nobody's there. Yeah. Uh you can't remember your rookie party. No, I remember I'll, it vividly. No, yeah, no. I remember getting Kyle Schroeder. He was my roommate. At I remember. The time. I just I being I like, remember, you gotta be kidding. I remember me. the. I remember one of the first bus rides where, yeah, they did toss a bunch of us in in the washroom, right? <laughs> that 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 old trick, right? Down to your underwear, and they took all your clothes, taped all your clothes together. I think there was five of us packed into a tiny bath bathroom in the back. I mean, well, everybody's been in the trick. bus before. They understand yeah. you can't fit two people yeah. in there. Now you jam five kids yeah. in there. Away and then go. you gotta. Everybody's gotta come out in their clothes. So, yeah, yeah so it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, geez, I remember that. Just the road trips all the time. Oh my goodness, rookie party. No, so many, so many of them at either the Zacheries or you name it. Any moose of the, tongue wine. Yep. Moose tongue wine. To this day, I still believe there's a moose tongue in there. I don't care what they say. Oh, even if it's just dipped, yeah, there's definitely one in there. Yeah. We could talk about the lanes too. Wonderful billets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, well, we no. Shared the- lanes. I speak about them all the time. Right. They are my like they. Pseudo family, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Home, like home away from home. You go. You spent all three years there. Yeah, all three years yeah. there. I had yeah. two there. And, yeah. and when we went back here, like, I, I was thinking about it on the way here. Like, At the alumni me game. and you haven't seen each other. It's pretty much been... A year. Well, now it's been a year, but before that, it's pretty much been 13, 14 years since we sat across from each other, and now twice in one year. It's pretty cool, right? No kidding. Like, that's what I... The podcast is just great. Just, great excuse. Yeah, great excuse to come sit yeah. and have a BS, right? Heck yeah. But when I went back, I got to stay with the lanes, and it was just like you'd never left, right? Yeah. And then my kids are running around terrorizing the place, and they're just loving on it, right? Like, it's <laughs> it's fun. Actually, Aaron's out in... Actually, I think all three kids. I could be wrong. Aaron and Megan are both out in BC right now. Yep. And Aaron listens to the podcast, so shout out to Aaron. Aaron. He, 
Colin yeah. Sanko here. Very nice to see you again, man. Talk to you, I should say. <laughs> hey, let's install yeah, the episode. That's yeah. awesome. I gave him a shout out probably five episodes ago or something like that, right? Oh my, cut your hair, you pumpkin haired fruitcake. <laughs> uh, Speaking of billets, I heard uh, I heard some I talked to Artie and Sherry today. And they had some funny, funny stories. And, you know, I can either torture them or you can tell them the way it happened. I I think I, all my listeners would prefer if you told them. And so I think I want to start out with you pantsing Arnie at breakfast. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like waking up as a 19-year-old kid. You smell, you know, freshly cooked breakfast. You're like, awesome, great breakfast. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Wonderful billets. Arnie's standing at the kitchen. At, sorry, at the um, the stove. He's he's making breakfast, and uh, I think Sherry was at the table at the time. Arnie and I have the the banter back and forth. You know, we're chirping about each other either about the game last night or his mate, um, his Montreal Canadiens not doing so well. I wish they didn't make the playoffs this year. Sorry, Arnie. Yeah, yeah sorry about that, Arnie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, really, I, they really choked <laughs> at the end. I don't know what type of comment he made, but I ended up going uh, up to the up to the stove, and his hand. He's like, "Oh yeah, what are you gonna do about it?" And I don't know if any of the other listeners out there, but uh, uh, Arnie Shawnio uh, was a 20-year uh, corrections officer, so he knows how to handle himself very well. And he's wrapped me up and. Uh, in a pretzel, so to speak, a couple times. We had some good little wrestling matches. Uh, so I knew I had to pick my battles uh, wisely. And uh, Ernie having both of his hands busy, I know he wasn't able to get me at the time. So feeling kind of brave at the time. Uh, he made some comments. I don't remember what it was at the time, but I ended up going up behind him and I, I pantsed him as he's st- standing at the stove. And I turned turned to run and, <laughs> and I went and sat at the dining room table and he stood there for about another two to three minutes cooking breakfast with his pants down around his ankles D- didn't even care he's like you think that's gonna stop me call you think that's gonna stop me it was uh very entertaining to say the least but uh he yeah. says it was 15 minutes and he claims he, wa- <laughs> he claims he walked around the kitchen and there was a bunch of your buddies over for breakfast that morning we had Corey Smith at the time was another one of the billets he was there too and he's like shaking his head oh he couldn't believe it talk but, to him today yeah. Oh shit! Right, no, he said, you know what? He was super. Awesome. Jet. He cool. didn't say he didn't lay any uh, <laughs> yeah. any landmines for you. He Good. just no. He said you were uh, serious at the hockey, or serious at the hockey rink, and at home you're a little more goofy. Yep. Uh, that was that was pretty. But he, he had mad respect for you. He said taught him. He was a late coming to the team that year, and when he came in, he said you he or you showed him the ropes. So he actually had uh, a lot of high things to say about you. Props. Thanks, there, Smitty. Appreciate it, man. Now the other story that Sherry brings up, <laughs> oh no, is uh, that you used to like to <laughs> you used to like to moon Arnie when he'd come home, <laughs> and maybe oh, mooning the wrong person. He's just pants down a yeah, just a bunch of ex- exhibitionists at this house apparently. Uh, it, <laughs> yes, I would pants Arnie every once in a while when he's coming home from the mill, uh, just. Because our banter back and back and forth, he would moon me too on game days. Usually, when I'm heading to the rink, he's like, "Oh, cowboy, you're, you're looking pretty fancy in your suit." He's like, "But as fancy as this," and he'd moon me. Uh, so knowing he was coming home that day, all I saw was the vehicle pull into the driveway. So I ran to the the, the dining room window there, and I pulled pulled my pants down, mooned him out the window. 
and Sherry's parents <laughs> stepped out of the vehicle and Sherry's mom uh, had the closest view of my arse, so to speak. <laughs> and without missing a beat, she comes into the house and she's like, oh, well, cowboy, that's a side of you I've never seen before. And Sherry knew it and purposely sent her, her parents in to give me the gears. It was, yep, yeah, very eye-waking. Sherry uh, would like to point out it was one of her sons that told you to moon them. <laughs> Jamie? Yes. Oh, Jamie, you little bastard. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Oh, lots of good memories. Lots of good memories. Aww. Shared a couple bottles of vodka with uh, Robin, like at the lanes. Yeah. A couple times. <clears throat> Some good drinks, rum and cokes with uh, Arnie as well. They were just Prop, great, great people. And props to the billets, yep. They did a good job with them. <sighs> that alumni event that we got to go to was like something else. I wish they'd do that more often. I they wish should. They, I wish they would do it like... I know they can't probably do it every year, but if they did, I'd go. If Five they did or every, ten, whatever. Well, ten's too freaking long. Ten think is it, pretty long, yeah. I think it, you, you, you know, you stub your toe and... You can't walk. I don't know. Frick, you have three kids in four years like this. Yeah. Well, well the team's been going years, now but... for 20 plus years, right? I mean, you've got a substantial amount of alumni Whoa. now that have played. And an event like that, the hardest year to get going is the first year. Once you have the first year, now we're all going to talk so highly of it. Oh. You're going to get more people. And yeah. I talk to guys all the time that didn't go and they're yeah. like, man, well, I, I want to yeah. go, right? But like to go back and just like. It was great. It brought back so many memories. It was the first time I got a chance to bring my wife out there. Show her, show her the ropes of good old Dryden Town. Uh, I wish we could have stayed there a little longer. Uh, the weather would have been nicer, hanging out at the beaches or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was phenomenal to be back. Yep, miss yeah, Dryden. Miss Dryden. It's just so far away, right? Like, I mean, I don't know yep. when, what is it like sixteen hours drive? Yeah, about that. Right. I've made it in eleven, <laughs> but uh, I used to. Yeah. You know, you talk about maps. The first time when I when I woke up, so I got called on a Friday. <clears throat> by Monday, I left. That's yeah. how quickly it happened. I, Monday morning, I left at like five a.m. with a map of Saskatchewan <laughs> on my lap in the old black Mustang, and got lost in the first hour at North Battleford. I drove into North Battleford, the city, and got going around. I don't have. Couldn't a GPS. you just see Manitoba and you know which direction to head? No, from Saskatchewan no, that's not anyway, the way right? it works. I mean, you you just, oh, there's there, yeah, there's Brandon right there. I'm just gonna head that direction. <laughs> you mentioned Gapper or something. I'm gonna jump across the table at you. <laughs> Here we go. It's a scrap, folks. Well, coming here today, I mean, you just type it in the GPS and you just listen for the prompts and you're just here, right? Like Technology. So, wonderful thing. So different, right? Oh, heck yeah. But man, that it's was... made a, us stupid. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. How often do your kids... Look, I know, I've got a three-month-old. Every time I'm on my phone, she's looking right at me like, Hey, Dad, get off your phone. Or she's looking right at the phone herself. How often do your kids look at you when you're on any type of technology or anything like that? They uh, they cart around my phone now. Uh oh. Right. And uh, they change the settings and put it on like the Spanish. No, and you're the like, best How the was, hell did the you best do was that? Spanish uh, on the Netflix. <laughs> How did you do that? I just got, understand it, Dad. You what got Spanish uh, subtitles going, and I'm like. How the heck did he pull that off? And that takes me 20 minutes to get back to like where it isn't like I mean, it's stupid. But he's he's three years old and he almost Incredible. knows how to navigate Netflix now, right? Like it's kind of scary. Jeez. But it's one of those things like uh, we don't watch a whole lot of cable anymore. Almost none except for yep. live sports. Everything else is like if you want to watch something, you just 
you go to Netflix. You flick it on and then you yep. watch it, and then when you're done, you turn it off and you walk away, right? True story. Yep. Right? And that's everything's going that way. Like, yep. cable is going to be a thing of the past or soon <laughs> enough. Yep, streaming. As soon as they figure out how to get, I always think, live sports a little bit better streaming. When they can get, like, I want to turn on the weather game and, well, actually, screw that. It's it's happening right now because I can, I was at the brother's house the other night. We're in the backyard having a bonfire or a campfire. Yep. And he goes, oh, we go, oh, it'd be nice if we had a TV out here. We could put the game on. It was uh, Winnipeg uh, playing St. Louis, Louis yep. game three. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, actually, I got, I got Shaw. I got Sportsnet. I'll just put it on my phone. He's like, what? So I go on Sportsnet app, click on watch live, right? Then you sign up through your account because yep. I got an account. Boom. Now I got every single channel on Sportsnet off my phone. So we're sitting out. We bring out a couple speakers, and all of a sudden you're just sitting out in the backyard with a fire <laughs> game on the phone. We're not yep. even really paying attention to the TV, but now we can hear it, right? Away you go. Yeah. Right? Like, wow. That's the way the world's going. Pretty soon you're just like you don't need cable, right? And the big nope. thing when we were young or when I was young was we had two and four out on the farm, and then we got satellite. I cannot describe to you <laughs> the, the joy the joy of getting more than two channels, right? <laughs> and now, like, I don't want more than two channels. Heck, I don't watch more than two channels, right? Yeah. Like it's sports. Just, I'm with you. That's all I pretty much watch on there. That's it. The rest you stream. When's the When's the Newman podcast going to be uh, streaming? On live, live video. Oh yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I'd right. Like to do Come, that. You yep. can set the old GoPro up. Yeah, yeah, then absolutely. We, then we can give mad shout outs. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. That's what he does. Everything's everything's live streamed. Right. I gotta we'll continue work. We'll work to on grow on this. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if they want to see my ugly mug, anyways. Right. Like I might have to put my tooth in for that. Like I might just you know clean myself up a little bit. You can wear a mask. <laughs> You could wear a do you wig. Rem- do, you remember- <laughs> do you remember when you took that slap shot? Remember when we had to blend up all your food for you? Oh, God. I remember that road trip. For the people who don't know me, I took two slap shots in a season. Yep. And the first one was in uh, Fort Francis. Yep. Man, that thing had eyes. Because the guy shot it from the middle. They win the draw. He oh. walks middle of the blue line oh. in front of the net, like straight across from the net. Takes a shot. It goes I off the end of the stick. I heard your screaming. And it came over, guys, and I was just skating out of the corner. Yeah. Hits me square in the face, dropped me like a sack of bricks. Bam, right in the kisser. Where was it they blend up food? That was Thunder Bay, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in Thunder Bay. Remember, we were, we were having breakfast. It was like, it was like French toast and sausage or whatever, something like that. And you're like, oh, I can't really have this. We're like, can't you just toss it in a blender and all stuff, like some some milk or something like that? To, yeah, okay. And they put some syrup in there and they brought it out to all blend it up for you. And you're like, mmm, it actually tastes like it was hilarious. I remember that. I remember taking like uh, two sips of it and it did taste good because yeah. I couldn't move my jaw. My jaw know, wasn't yeah. broke. Yeah. It was just like seized shut yeah. from bruising or whatever else. Oh, I took like two sips of it and I was so full. I was just like, I can't even I can't Yeah, even your drink stomach is drunk. Yeah, I'm done. No more. Oh, wow. Fuck. <laughs> I want to go to Larry Wintoniac. Oh, yeah. Because that is your final year there. I got to spend two under Larry. Yep. But you mentioned Larry as being the best coach that you had. Yep. Why is that? I would say Larry was the best coach for myself. Uh, 
because of like giving me the opportunity to be captain of the ice dogs that last year. Um, he actually, um, helped me develop, I think a little bit more, not just with this dry land stuff, uh, maybe more as like the, the, the personal aspect with like the leadership and everything. A lot of the other coaches I had, it was, you're just the fifth, sixth defenseman, you know, it's like, you're just another body. Right. And they're there to win games. They weren't necessarily there for the development of the players. And Larry was actually there for, I would say the development of the players and helped everybody. And I, I think maybe he didn't single out me. I didn't, I know he was doing it as a, as a team for everybody, but I, it just felt like it was just that much more personal, I guess. And then I knew him personally because of me being the captain that year that, I mean, he, he treated me phenomenally well, better than any of the other coaches I had. So yeah, thanks Larry for my wonderful final year of junior A in Dryden. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I admire Larry. Like, Larry oh, changed he's... my life. I always say he changed my life because he just – I was just an 18-year-old kid, and I was going down a different path. It just wasn't hockey and whatever, and he, just the things he instilled in me yep. was yeah, crazy. Yeah, stay with you. Right? And we always joke around about the drinking and how much drinking there was in Dryden, but that year that I came, we got green lights. So that means if you didn't get a green light, there was no drinking, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the green light weekends, I was 18, Ontario was 19. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Road trip. Road trip to <laughs> yeah. Manitoba, right? Winnipeg or Winnipeg. Brandon. Oh, when Winnipeg. Oh, man. That city took a hit when Dryden showed up, I tell you. <laughs> right. Well, they, a bunch of 18 to 20-year-old kids that have under lock and key, right? Yeah. For good reason. Larry knew what he was doing there. Oh, yeah. Right? And then you get a hall pass to go out and just... Just give me anything. Yeah. I just need He's to. He's like, get out of the town so our loose. sponsors understand uh, that you know you're still a reputable young men. Get, get out of the town, go somewhere else, and, and be complete. It was smart. Oh, of course. Very smart move, right? Yep. Like looking back on it, because those I mean, road trips out there with the boys, so oh, much fun. So much fun. And then hungover road trips on the way back, just like, oh my god. And then the yeah, worst, Monday practices. The worst is practices. Be worse. oh, you remember when he used to wear god. the hats? Would Larry would wear the hats when we would get bag skated. He he. Any skate we had, he'd always know how. He always, was a man still. When I saw him the other, he always had his hair done, right? Like yeah. Never oh, yeah. Hat. As soon as he meant business, he wore a Calgary Flames hat. Drove me nuts because you you almost sat no. there on the edge of your seat going. I don't think I going, picked up on that. Ooh, oh, we're man. in for it now. Well, now we're in for it. You'd walk in with the Calgary Flames hat. Son of a bitch. Yeah, here we go. Everybody just moseys oh, on on the ice shit. and we yep. start skating. You remember... Uh, I found out an interesting tidbit, and I'm curious because you were the captain, so maybe you knew this. Remember when the police came to the one practice, and we got bag skated? Did you know about that? Yeah. Did you know you knew everything was going to happen? No, I didn't. I didn't. I like I had give, been given a hint, and I don't still. I don't think I can remember the whole story. Now I was talking to who that Trihuba about it beforehand. I think and. And go where you're going. I, oh, man. Well, so so for the people, I probably talked about this a couple times. People haven't listened to it. So we show up to the skate. We're getting bag skated. And, you know, there have been, you got a bunch of young guys, and marijuana is not legal at the time. So the background is, is that, I don't know, maybe a couple guys were smoking marijuana or something. I don't know. It's illegal at the time. That's that's And so we're sitting there, we're getting skated, but nobody really knows why we're getting skated. And then we're all lined up on the goal line. And Larry sees two cops walk in, and he says, you boys don't move. And he walks over, and he talks to them for, like, the longest, probably <laughs> 30 to two minutes. 30 seconds to two minutes of my entire life. It felt like 30 minutes. I'm going to like, what the hell is going on right <laughs> what now, What did we get right? ourselves into here? 
comes back and then he and in and then what he says is somebody bought off a narc and then he proceeds to skate us and yell at us for like I don't know another thirty minutes right to prove a point. Yep. Well, now that I older and I saw him, I questioned him on it and he started laughing. He said, "Oh no, that was all staged, right?" <laughs> He'd heard some rumblings that maybe some shenanigans. There were, were yeah, there, yes. He he told me that something was going to be happening. I didn't know cops were going to be showing up or anything like that. After the fact, I did find out from some of the guys on the team that they were into yeah doing all the drugs and stuff like that. They were smoking marijuana, and it did become part of an issue. And that's why Larry wanted to kind of address that issue as a team. So yeah, uh, good old boys. <laughs> nothing like nothing like the coach playing think, games with you though. Think hey? about it, but think about it now. Now it's illegal. I don't even know. Like, what do you do now as a coach? Right? Like back then, it's Ooh. illegal. It's illegal. Simple as that, right? Yeah. For me, drinking at that my that first that was fun year, enough. I was I was it was a it was fun enough, but b I wasn't old enough in Ontario, so I had to leave province to be even of age, right? So you could still drink at our team parties, and you did. So well, no, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> You're an adult now, Newman. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so good. But I don't know what a coach does. I suppose they make him I don't sign know. something. That's the only thing you could do, right? Or is it one of those coaches where, I mean, if you're performing up to that standard at the games, you're you're doing your job that everybody just turns blind eye, so to speak. I mean, you look at the NHL, I mean, how many people are under the influence of, of whatever you even look five, ten years ago when cocaine was around and, you know, look at Kiprasov and stuff like guys were so professional and doing their jobs that teams would turn a blind eye in regards to that, oh, hey, you're making it to the playoffs for us, making it to the Stanley Cup, and then you're not the next year. Like, hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. If your performance is good enough, maybe they're okay with it. If it's... It's a dangerous in, with, game to well, play of course, with kids but then, especially. Well, yeah, you think then a rookie comes onto the team and they see a, a vet or whatever yep. doing that. It's, it's all it's about like, the culture. Yikes. Then It's a precedent you set right from yep. the beginning. So I don't know how you address it as a coach or... I don't know. Yeah. Or as an organization, I know a lot of the organiz- like the NHL organizations all have the like the substance abuse stuff now. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are coming out with all that stuff now. So maybe they address more of it now because of the amount of money they invest in all these players. You think junior, I mean, there's not a lot of money invested in them, but I don't know. Where are you, what are you smirking at now? What do you got? What do you got? Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. I was told to ask you about always missing the wine and cheese. <laughs> oh, Tyler McDonald. That was uh, my, sorry, that was Pat Celine's wedding. Uh, another <laughs> fellow ice dog. Um, he graduated into the alumni the year before I finished. So he's a year older than me. Uh, it was his wedding up in, geez, where the heck was he? Where's where's Shania Twain from? I don't know. That should be a typical Canadian thing to remember. Gosh, Somewhere th- North, North Bay? Somewhere over there? Maybe it was North Bay. Anyway, One of the bays? Tyler McDonald, uh, Mike McIntyre, uh, Pat Celine, and myself. So the four of us became re- very good friends my very first year in Dryden. And uh, so Pat Celine's getting married. We I fly into Toronto. Tyler, uh, Mike, and myself go out, have some wild nights partying, uh, start heading through cottage country, going up to the wedding, and Tyler and myself get to the resort. Mike is one of the groomsmen for Pat, so he 
goes and starts doing his groomsman thing. I think they were going going golf or whatever. Tyler and I are like, oh, screw, there's a pool down here at the hotel. Why not, you know, go and hang out in the pool and, and drink a little bit? Tyler's drink of choice at the time was vodka and G2s or Gatorade. <laughs> so, uh... Because you got to stay, like, Oh, you got to stay hydrated. Yeah, of course, right? right. Yeah. So we're 27, 28 years old, something yeah, about that maybe, I think. And uh, just the two of us sitting it, sitting in the pool, we're swimming around, we're looking for something, something to do to kind of pass the, t- pass the time. There's a broken ping pong paddle there, and so we start playing some weird messed up game in the pool drinking game in the pool where if if you had a goal scored against you you'd have to like drink your your drink of vodka and g2 uh needless to say i can score as well in that game as i did with the ice dogs which is not (laughs) Not very very good (laughs) not very good uh so i was hammered and uh we got out of the pool and there was a wine and cheese before like uh just a little meet and greet um, before uh, the wedding, like the, the following day, and I was looking very much looking forward to see Pat's uh, parents and like Pat and his future bride, uh, <laughs> Megan and everybody like that. And uh, so Tyler and I go back to the room, have a have a shower. We go down to the restaurant just for a quick bite to eat before going to the actual wine and cheese. I believe I ordered my food and then I excused myself to the bathroom. And that's when the vomiting started, and I was passed out in my room by about five o'clock. Uh, pictures ensued. I missed the wine and cheese, and I was up by I think eleven or noon the next day, just in time for the wedding. So, Pat Celine will never let me live that down. But I missed the wine and cheese. Yeah, thanks, T Mac. Appreciate you bringing that one up, bro. Ah, <laughs> uh, crap. <laughs> What else you got? <laughs> on on a on a lighter, I I, I you know give your rough time. <laughs> uh, I can't great. handle my booze. Uh, you brought up the SS Wiener, and I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty. Uh, um, you've always been a guy that could talk to anyone and make everyone feel welcome, and so he talked about the SS Wiener in Mexico. Getting going on a party boat. Oh shit! And and he thought that you guys went there, and you thought you were going on with a bunch of young, young ladies and whatever. And you showed up, and it was a bunch of families. It was, yeah, oh yeah. And so you guys started calling the boat SS Wiener, is yeah, what he thought. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! I but, made. Oh wow! I forgot that one. But it, but he talks about you know we don't have to go into the 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 craziness that happens. What happens is is you come back. The, the, the short side of the story is you come back and there's two other boats leave at the same time and I'm probably ad-libbing a bunch of this but there's two boats that left with young women and boys on it right and they come back and your boat is singing old Canada having all this blast with time you got you got these old married couples yeah. just loving life oh yeah and he goes yes yeah, so everybody's staring at us going like who the those, hell are these, these guys, idiots? Right? Yeah. And he goes, you and uh, I forget the other guy that was with you, but you stayed an extra day and there was guys trying to pay you to go out with them so yeah. that you could show them a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was uh, Mike McIntyre once again, Tyler McDonald, Sean Zachary, and uh, one of our goaltenders at the time, uh, Ryan Como, I think was his name. Hilarious. That was... That was an epic trip. Canadians know how to party when we when we get out there. And a bunch of young guys traveling away for the first time. Cancun. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, God. Oh, he brought that one up. I forgot all about that. 
Okay, well, we got to get into uh, World Police and Fire Games before I get you off of here. But we're going to take a short little break to uh, sure. refuel and clear your heads. So I'll be right back. You know, while we're back now, I uh, I meant to say right at the beginning, it's uh, from a, I don't know if civilian's the right terminology, but you being a firefighter, he's like, from a guy who doesn't do a job like that, like, it's pretty cool to, uh, like, sit across from you and, like, like, well, it's a dangerous job you do, man. Like, not everybody just, like, signs up to run into burning buildings, right? Like... True story. That's that's pretty uh, gnarly, I think is the word, maybe. Thanks. Yeah. It's, keeps things interesting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like playing sports is one of the, the ben, or one of the, not benefits, one of the reasons why I became a firefighter is it's just like the hockey team, like the, the rush, the hanging out with uh, the guys, the stories, the banter. Uh, yeah, it's tons of fun. Great profession. You know, I got asked that. Uh, <laughs> I got asked that the other day. If anything gives me a rush like hockey does. Yeah. And I said this does. Sex. I mean, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I said this does. Podcast. I get so nervous rush. before I come on with a guy like you, right? It's the nervous. Oh, come on. It's, it's the nervousness. Stop it. Well, you're kind of a big deal. Definitely not. In my eyes, you are at least, eh? Everybody's bigger than you, Newman. <laughs> Jackass. Yeah. But the rush, the, just like, uh, you know, making sure I'm not going to say the wrong thing or having it lined up, having it like, you know, like smooth, I guess, right? We're just two guys having a conversation. That's right. Here. But but as soon as I get past the initial, you know, minute or two, or maybe it's 30 seconds, it's just like hockey. Hockey, I get nerves before pretty much every game, right? And then as soon as you step on the ice... Get hit once, take a shot, make a nice play, get crushed, right? Like all of a sudden, it's like, oh, right, I'm playing hockey. I know how to do right. this, right? Yeah, you either need to need to get hit really hard, or you like go have a shower with the boys, you know, <laughs> strip down like you're in the change room here, really stinky atmosphere, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, how was your night last night with uh, that chick you picked up? Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so uh, firefighting's so- like that, then. Firefighting is 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 very much that team atmosphere. Everybody brings something different to the table. Uh, we yeah we we have people from all different walks of life, right? There's been doctors, engineers, uh, high there are firefighters, high school graduates. People change their professions all the time, and and people are attracted to it for many different reasons. Um, yeah. So you You're take you, t- me. you take all those people and you put them on the team and everybody brings something different to every single call we go to. It's right, and then the you're telling here. me you have a doctor that's a firefighter. Uh, I've only heard the stories of it, but we yeah, our, our medical director is a doctor, um, and they're a firefighter on the side. Yeah, so like they they be- became a doctor and then became a firefighter as well. And now there are medical like directors. Oh, that's somebody and who that just kind of likes stuff. being so, in school, isn't it? Apparently, yeah. A lot of people go to school for eight years. <laughs> They're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You went to firefighting school in Vermillion, didn't you? No, I went down to Texas. I was. Did you go down to Texas? Yeah, yeah. So like, I started firefighting in Dryden. Yeah, uh, I remember at, that. I remember at the you. MNR base, right? Yeah. Uh, did I do it before you came? I did that one year? I think you did or it before after. I came, and then uh, the summer I tree planted, you were there uh, doing the heli fighting or, yeah. or 
Yeah, and yeah, the hell attack yeah, stuff. So yeah, I did that for four years in Dryden because the base was right out of Dryden, so that was good. Lived with the billets again. Yeah, and uh, in in the midst of that, that kind of spurred me to make the transition from the forestry firefighting to structural. Uh, the terminologies there. So yeah, I went down to Texas and did my uh, NFPA 1001s or professional firefighter training down there and then started applying all over the country and Calgary's the department that gave me the opportunity first, the job opportunity. So I took it and the rest is history. What was it like going, how long, wait, how long were you in Texas for for schooling? A month, not even. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it was, so the school I got to do was uh, like like distance ed for the most part. You got to do a lot of it online. All your exams um, were sent out to you and then you'd submit them all back. So you could kind of do it at your own pace, so to speak. And then once everything was sent in, they'd put you in, in the boot camp. And I went down for the boot camp. That was, yeah, about a month. And there was half Canadian and half American from all across the country. So it was, yeah, it's pretty cool. And one of the guys from that class I took uh, down in Texas, I work with on the Calgary Fire Department now. He's a good buddy of mine. was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. So yeah, it's small world. It's crazy. Great profession. Right. <laughs> So you become a firefighter, you move to Calgary, move back to Calgary. Move back to Calgary, yeah. How long is it until they go, hey, uh, Cowboy, I hear you played a little hockey. Maybe you could uh, play on, I don't even know, is it the fire squad? What, what do you guys call yourselves? Well, uh, we, I guess we call it the open team. So um, the open team would be any age range, just the best caliber players for the most part. Uh, and when I got hired on the fire department in 2008, uh, the next World Police Fire Games, which I'm assuming is where you're leading this conversation, uh, was in 2009. No, so they ha- kind of had a tryouts because they hadn't had a team in a, in a few years. They wanted to bring some of the new guys on. They'd heard there was a bunch of new hires, uh, a couple of Mex NHLers, not me, by the way, <laughs> just lowly junior A myself. Uh, so we had some tryouts and a bunch of us skated. And I played in a, like a battle of the badges game with the fire department. So it was the Calgary fire department and we played against, uh, um, the Edmonton fire department with a couple of celebrities all, uh, in there as well. Carrie Frazier was the ref. Uh, I think, don't think it was that year. I think it was another year in whatever, 2010 or 2011, the Hanson brothers actually came to town. So got to play in a game with the Hanson brothers. That was hilarious. Uh, just like Slapshot, but uh, that's how the, the World Police Fire Games route started with the open team, so it was just uh, the the any varying age range or caliber of uh, firefighters, then they have an over 35, so you're over 35 years uh, old or older, so to speak, um, and then there's an over 45 as well too, so three categories, open, over 35, over, over 45, but the open would be the best caliber for the world police fire game so yeah made that team and yeah when you play okay i want to go back here because you rattled off a bunch of things holy you? yeah sorry so you play you play a, a battle of the badges between edmonton and calgary is yep. it, a you would have never assumed you would be playing for calgary right oh yeah here we go again and then you play edmonton but like is that like a i don't know i've seen the videos online and like New York, right? <laughs> like where it's like a big brawl and stuff. Like, There's what's... a reason why the Calgary firefighters don't play the Calgary Police Department anymore, like CPS, because we've had a couple altercations before in the past. Just, uh, you know, professionalism getting the best out of us. Uh, so, yeah, we play against uh, the Edmonton Fire Department because we don't know them too well and things don't get 
as heated, but uh, it's still competitive to say the least. Yeah, and nobody's looking fun. to lose that. Game, no, are yeah, they? yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you make the 2009 Olympic yeah. squad. I <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, so for, let's let's get you got to educate me a little bit here on kay. this. Okay. So you go to the police and fire games. The world police and fire games. Sorry, the world, the Olympic WPFG. stage. WPFG. That's right. So you go to the world police and fire games. Yes. Now, <clears throat> in order for a team to go, do they have to win qualifying rounds, or they just got to go? No, you just submit to go. But then they they you have to submit. Um, the caliber of players that are going and they more or less hockey db to make sure that you're in the right category so how many cats so that was my next question how many categories are there so there's uh uh there's the open and then there's uh, like division um one and division two and i think it goes to division three as well in the open in in the open, yeah, there's the open division, and then they kind of go like category one, two, three, or sometimes the the host city will change it and go like A, B, C, or whatever, right? right so right, like right. category one would be the highest, and traditionally, um, it like it's supposed to go. So the World Police Fire Games, the federation is down in uh, Los Angeles, California. They started this Olympics, as you said. So rather than have like the Olympic Games, when a lot of athletes retire from their um, uh, their sports they're looking to still do those sports and you know maybe do something with their lives so they all become policemen firemen corrections ahs which is like um, paramedics stuff like that and these people wanted sorry the federation wanted to collect them all together and have more or less a, yeah an olympics for emergency responders so they created the world police fire games I think early 90s 1985 85 thank yeah. you very much you did look and mm-hmm. i know calgary hosted it in 1997 we had never been in the open division one like in the in the highest division until 2011 when we played and and uh, received silver so in 2009 it's it's usually based on the uh the size of your department so say new york city uh boston uh all those departments they have so many personnel there they are slotted in as you have 10 to fifteen thousand people to draw from for your hockey team yeah so we're going to put you in division one and then somebody smaller say red deer just north of calgary you only have you know a couple hundred people to draw from yes they might be pretty good but we're going to put you in like division two so unless you have a whole bunch of ex nhlers they might bump you up to uh, division one but you'd more or less be in division two so going to 2009 the vancouver games um we had a bunch of ex nhlers on the team so travis Thiessen, brad ferens garrett strohshine uh scott Lindsay played in the east coast league brad olson did as well uh but bu- bunch of guys really really good hockey players and they wanted to bump us up to division one we hummed and hawed back and forth and they did end up bumping us just before we showed up to the games into Division One. So we showed up there not wanting to play against like the best of the best for for these games. But we held our own pretty good and got the bronze. And then we were kind of stuck in that division for the next successive game. So that's kind of how they 
created the games and how they dictate who goes where and so how many that. teams then are you competing against in a division in a, in a select division so in your division you go there you, you go in 2009 2011 and you skip one in the middle that was in belfast i think ireland yeah correct and yeah. then 2015 yeah so you go vancouver new york city and then fairfax county yeah yeah washington dc yeah, yeah. uh anywhere from 15 to 20 so some of the some of the World Police Fire games, the 2013 one that we missed in Belfast, Ireland, uh, I don't think they they might have had an open division, but they only have maybe six teams show up. It's really hard for teams to go there and and do that if they're not severely sponsored by so I was one, I was, some sort of entity, and we weren't. So I was wondering that. So <clears throat> well, I mean, all the places you went minus Vancouver, I guess. But the other ones are on the other side of North America. Are you getting yep. any? Do you get spot? It's all on your dime. Yeah, we we do some fundraising ourselves, so it's back to the old minor hockey days where work a we, bingo. Well, <laughs> I was going to say car wash, but we wouldn't <laughs> go that far. Uh, we did the old silent auction route, so a bunch of the guys with their connections to uh, some of the different teams. They different played teams, for. yeah. One of the guys, his uh, his old agent um, uh, was with. Uh, Mary Lemieux? No, Sidney Crosby at the time, sorry. So we had a signed Sidney Crosby jersey, all that kind of fun stuff, which was hard to get at the time in 2009. Uh, so guys would get all those from their uh, resources and we'd sell that and that would you know, help us pay our way to get to New York in 2011 as well as Fairfax in 2015. So it, it cost us a bunch of money. You're there for two weeks for the, like the duration of the games, but at the at the same time, there's... It's a combination of the winter and the summer Olympics, so to speak. There's track and field events. There's soccer and football, uh, men's and women's hockey, uh, swimming events, and then all the specific events to some of the uh, professions as well. So there's there's a firefighter like truck pull. Uh, there's a there's a, a strongest firefighter competition. So it's like the fire fit you'd see on the TV, as well as a, a more unique one that's like bench press and and a lot of the CrossFit stuff you see nowadays, they actually added CrossFit as well. And then the police stuff, they have like canine. So you bring the dogs, there's uh, pistol shooting, rifle shooting, uh, all like tack team stuff as well. Like it's, it's very unique to the professions, but then it's very unique to all the sports as well. So it's pretty cool going there as an athlete and you get to see all the different things going on. It's pretty wild. So is there like a <laughs> athlete's village? Uh, yes, there is. Is there? Yeah. Is that where you guys stayed? We did not stay in the Athletes Village. We stayed in, in hotels, but the Athletes Village is more a, a consolidation of the host department and a lot of the sponsors for the actual World Police Fire Games. Everybody gets together there for uh, like concerts that are there daily. You're switching patches and t-shirts and, and seeing things. Uh, that's more or less what our Athletes Villages were for. Yeah. Yep. yeah so you switch patches. So what was the coolest patch you got? Ooh, I got a whole box. Did uh, you? Yeah, I, I, like that's what I tend to collect now because they take up less real estate than t-shirts. I'd have t-shirts and the wife would give me a lot of hell for, you know, 50 different fire t-shirts that yeah, I'd trade absolutely. with everybody. So yeah. patches, the f- coolest one I got um, would probably be some of them from uh, uh, 2011, which was the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. So we were there and they had some commemorative patches for And that, would that be why? And stuff. It was pretty wild. And don't I don't mean to cut you off, but no. that'd be why I read online. Then that was the biggest uh, police and fire games. 
They said sixteen thousand yes. athletes at that games. Yep. So it's yeah, it's bigger than the Winter Olympics. I think it's Winter Olympics only. Yeah, Winter Olympics is only a couple thousand. A couple maybe. thousand, yeah. and actually the the summer is maybe only ten. Ten five. Usually. Yeah. This had sixteen thousand. Yeah. I want to have people to think about that for a second. Like, oh yeah. You're in it like when, what do we say? Winnipeg is hosting this twenty twenty three, right? Winnipeg's got the World Police Fire Games in twenty twenty three. Yes. Imagine ten thousand police slash fire people rolling <laughs> into your city. Well, you shouldn't tell everybody that, but yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's that's a lot of people rolling in. Yep. Good for the good for the economy. Oh, absolutely. Right? So wow. like so you're playing in a division of twenty teams, let's call it. Yep. That's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, Vancouver. Uh yeah, Vancouver, I want to say maybe there was fifteen. I think there was two three sorry three divisions new york there was about 20 because it was on the east coast yeah. and there was a lot of american teams there not a lot of canadian teams made the trek and then in fairfax about the same maybe maybe about two, 20 20 teams yeah varying so, are, are i got a couple questions here yeah, are people no. paying to get into the games or is it just free? You walk in, and you're you're watching. Uh, athletes get in for free, but no, uh, there yeah, there is an admission to there is an to admission, get in, eh? yeah, okay. for general public. So then, how many people were watching these hockey games? Uh, Vancouver was just prior to the Olympics, so we were testing out a lot of the uh, athletes' uh, accommodations, and uh, a lot of the volunteers for the games were. F- uh, sorry, a lot of the volunteers for the World Police Fire Games were for uh, the Olympics as well, so. A lot of them were there, seeing what was going on, like a thousand. I remember going to the gold medal game in 2009, and it was against, it was the RCMP, which we lost to in the semis. Uh, RCMP, like? Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Like, but we're talking all of Canada? Uh, Yeah, so they call them the Coast to Coasties, the RCMP Coast to Coasties. So they they took, so they were in Division 1 because I think... RCMP, I, I don't even know how many members they get to draw from. Like I was saying, they're drawing from tens of thousands of, of members. So they they took the best hockey players from across the country. I don't know if that's fair, is it? Whatever. I mean, we still be, we, we, we beat them the next year, so that's good. But they were really, really good in 2009. We weren't expecting it. Uh, so, yeah, they got them all together. They practiced, I think, only a week before. That was the, their little mini training camp before the games. We had been together for a month or so before the games, getting ourselves all tuned up and in shape. But uh, yeah, the RCMP team from the coast, all, like all across Canada, was pretty you know cool to play against. Cool, this is like this. It's, is was, like, it was, it was, I, yeah. it's hard to believe, almost yeah. right. Like it's because well, I, it just until you told me, I never even heard of this, right? Uh, but, not not a lot of people how, have unless you. But how does it go unnoticed that ten thousand athletes drop into a city and that isn't talked about more? Yeah. True, I, well, because it's all the first responders, and you don't want everybody to know that there's tens of thousands of police and firemen taking over your city. It's a unfortunate prime target for terrorism Fair stuff enough. like that, right? Fair so, yeah, so, it, gone, so, yep. yes, it's advertised that things are going on, but it's also not as yeah. well known or advertised for those Obvious reasons, reasons, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we sure enjoy it. It's sure a lot of fun for everybody to get all spend spend years getting getting ready for this, and it's every two years. So if you don't, like it's it's not like the Olympics where you have to wait four years. It's only two years if you if you 
we lost in 2011 yeah, to so, the Russians. So and, okay, oh, so you, we were, okay, so you made, yeah. well, maybe you should give me, uh, we'll go down the Russian road here in two minutes. You got to, because I didn't, I didn't, I never even thought about who you were playing, but you, you already brought up the RCMP. Yeah. Who, who are a couple of other teams that aren't the Russians who you face? Uh, I think the Russians were the farthest away team we played against. There was a couple Russian teams. Were they your typical? I I gotta ask. Were they your typical Russians? Like, where you just walk in and you're just like Ivan out of, Ivan Drago, that's right? right. <laughs> you're just like, I will break you. <laughs> there was a couple of them. <laughs> uh, 2009, like Vancouver, there wasn't a lot. Uh, like athletes come from all over the world, and if you, I'm sure you looked at your research. For the tens of thousands of athletes that come, there's 50 to 60 countries that are rep- countries rep- represented. 59 countries in New York so, City. That's yeah. what it's so like it's, the biggest it's, one. It's incredible. And that, and that could be any, anywhere from just one person who's showing up to do no, arch- but, archery or golf. But that's to, Olympics too, right? They yeah. claim they got 190. The Jamaican bobsled team shows that's up right, with four people. Right? Yeah. And then, but they're represented. They, whether it's one or they got 200 athletes, still represented. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, they're New York. I know there was like a fin- Finnish... And Sweden, fin- fin- Finland and Sweden were there. Russian, they more or less would go with like the country teams. There wouldn't be multiples from there until Fairfax in 2015 when I think there was t- two, maybe three Russian teams. The Swedish, the Finnish were there. Uh, yeah, the, like the, the hockey countries, yeah. so, to, so to speak, right? I mean, no, that's cool. That's cool. It was pretty neat to play against. I yeah. hadn't played against like those international teams since I was in Bantam. So seeing them now as like men, like was like, holy crap. And playing against some very good hockey players too. Yeah. So you, you, you threw the, A for my listeners, I'll take pictures of them, make sure they're posted on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but he brought out his medals. So he's got a bronze, a silver and a gold. Then he brought out his uh, Calgary fire department Jersey, which is pretty kick ass. And uh, I'm sitting here going, okay, so you, you lose a gold medal game to the Russian police force, police department, Russian, what do you call on here? Uh, the KGB. It, it, yeah, it was the Russian, I think, provincial police that we lost to, is what they called it. And we, yeah. it's not like we looked to make sure they were all legitimate. Did, did you look them all up? Did you look any of them so up? So the year we lost in 2011, they had a full line from the KHL that they played against us and then they were back again in 2015 same same line from the khl uh not not those same guys it was a different team there was only a handful of the same players they they more or less just consolidated their players together called themselves the russian police or russian firefighters and, and sent them away right so so you lose the first time we lost to the russians in the gold medal game in new york city 2011 yeah five five four five three that was Heartbreaking. That was, God, we wanted to just beat the piss out of them. They they came with, I think, 35 players just in case they had inner injuries or something like that. So they had 10 extra bodies sitting in the stands. Just, oh, it was so frustrating. And they were so How good. How many guys did you guys go down with? 23, maybe? Well, you go with a full roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah two goalies and, and a full roster. And every time that I've gone, we've had injuries. So it was good to have... And those body extra bodies to yep. that seventh or thirteenth forward to, to step in, right? It's yeah, it's pretty wild to put it all on the line there with the guys, and then to get to work with the guys for the next 
10, 20, 20 years. 30 years yeah. is, is pretty cool. So I see them now at the fire stations or whatever, and you, you share the nod or the wink, and you, you reminisce about something you did years ago with them. is pretty wild. So those fucking Russians. <laughs> Losing that game really sucked, but we still went out and partied and, you know, blew, how, the, blew how, the roof off New York City. How many games did you have to uh, play to get there? I'm assuming it was a round robin tournament yeah, format. Yeah, three round robin. I think a three, three or four is what everybody's guaranteed when you pay your entry and you kind of get yeah. in. So I, whatever, let's say four, and then I think we had another four to play to so eight, eight like to get to the gold medal game. So eight is probably what we played oh, wow. over the course of two weeks. Yeah, well, ten, yeah, ten days. Still, that'd be a lot of fun. Every second day you're playing a game. Pretty it much. was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To not do the the old you know, two days, like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, yeah. it was just like one a day to kind of keep things going, so you could almost pre-scout if you were watching uh the game after you you could kind of like we'd see the the swedes player we'd see the rush like yeah we're totally gonna match up against these guys yeah and, uh, so in 2015, 2015 yeah. you've now been four years away from losing in the gold medal game you pretty much go back to the same area of the country yeah right and uh payback time <laughs> how, Pay- how excited were you for that game 2015 was was more meaningful to me. I helped organize the the team a little bit more. So getting everybody together and making sure we we all got out there appropriately, lodging stuff like that was uh, like I helped out with that. So it meant a, little, a lot more to me. I maybe didn't play as much as uh, I wanted to, but I could care less. I was just, I was playing my role, and that that one meant so much. Playing those Russians again with the new additions to our team that we had, it it made all the world. And man, we that, that I should show you the picture of that. Like our gold, like the smiles on everybody's faces. We all look like a bunch of happy kids winning something. Every, everybody understood what it meant from the people that were at the games in 2011. Like those stupid Russians. Like we should have beat them. I think we we got into some penalty trouble. There were some bad calls. Like you could blame it on a million things. But uh, getting, you know, payback, you know, it was 2015 was awesome. That was fun. We, the wife came out that night too. We partied pretty hard that I night. Was gonna, I was going to ask, right? I know what a party like after winning just a regular season game is. I know what a party is after winning the first playoff game, maybe the first playoff series, the, you know. Yeah. You just won gold medal against the Russians. Now, I know it ain't the Olympics, but dang. Like you're talking ten thousand athletes, you're talking top. I, it was the it was the top hockey of the tournament. That's yeah. right. And and that gold medal game, it was televised, so all of our department was watching that gold medal game while it while the televised? guys. It was televised. Yeah, they they were they were streaming it online so they could watch it online. I I think I still have copies of it. <laughs> <laughs> like oh it was it was incredible guy guys on our department were watching it while they're like out doing hydrants and inspecting they're like man we were we were rooting for you guys the whole time we were de- we we're getting text messages so getting back into the room after we were so happy and a bunch of the Russians came over and we like switched caps and and jerseys and stuff like that and this this big burly Russian comes in and trade trades a, like a um, almost like a uh, bobby hat like the brits have like they the yeah. russians have those too so one of the guys had those for like player of the game it was it was hilarious and after you're, you're just best friends with them we'd see them out partying then too but guys wore their medals for the next couple days because it was well, most of that night for sure we were so proud of winning that it was it was amazing and that was my first time winning as well too so it was i was dang proud it was awesome i uh 
I was going to ask about uh, the camaraderie because I assume one of the – I assume firefighting and, and the police force for that matter, everybody being together at something like that, the, the camaraderie would be really cool. Yep. I always – I've always enjoyed hockey because that's one of the, like, key parts of a team, right, is, like, that camaraderie, that yep. brotherhood, that kind of – We were defense partners. You know exactly what it's exactly, like. You right? You dig into that corner and a guy hits you in there as soon as the whistle's That's blown right. yeah. to stand up for you because you're doing the exact same thing for me. <laughs> it's it's the same with the firefighting. We trust each other with our lives. You know, I, I trust that you're going to do the job when I go into the fire, that you're going to give me water and you're going to keep me safe if, if something happens just like I would keep you safe. So that camaraderie is what draws so many athletes to, I think, these professions. And it's great to still play the games that we love you know, as, as adults now and the parties after winning that, I mean, it was just, we were acting like a bunch of children, but we were all 30, yeah, 30 just, and 40 year old cares? men that you were like, oh, gold medal. I don't care. Bed, who you're, bedtime. <laughs> I don't care who you're talking to. You win a, a gold medal at 15 or 45. It still means just, actually, I was just talking to uh, my oldest brother who'd be 40, turning 43 this year. She'll be 42. They went to a, a tournament in Banff. With an over thirty-five or over forty, yeah, they never sweats out of Lloyd, and they just won that. And he said they their captain of their team is eighty-two. I think he said, "Holy cow!" Right, <clears throat> and so when they win the trophy, this is the one with the buddy I played with. That's team, right. right with that's right. Travis, Travis Leeson. Leeson. Yeah, yeah. And he says, uh, after they win it, it's like they won the Stanley Cup. They actually have like not the I'm gonna call it the commissioner of the tournament present the trophy to the yep. captain of the team so the 82 year old skates over grabs it right they all go out there <laughs> right and I mean like that's freaking awesome oh so cool right and I mean like if I'm 82 and I get to go grab a cup wearing the C I tell you what I'd be that's damn gonna proud feel too. like it's a oh, cup heck yeah. me, right like yeah there's only a select I don't know what the percentage is it's what less than a percent of hockey players ever get to play in the NHL. Something, something and, along those lines. Uh, yeah, and, and then even less than that, get to win the cup, right? Like, yep. So, I mean, I don't know. You won a gold medal playing for something that a lot of people will never get an yep. opportunity. And it's the first time the Calgary Fire Department has ever done that in the Open Division, like Open Division 1. Yeah. So, yeah, dang. Have they won it since? Dang proud. No, we we haven't gone to another game since 2015. So oh, you, you 20, went off into the sunset. Well, yeah, we re- retired on top. We talked about it in 2017. Told the Russians, nah, 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 we're good. 2017 was supposed to be in uh, Montreal. They were unfortunately having some union issues with their... I read that. Their department. So then Toronto looked to take it over and Toronto said, yeah, we can't on such short notice. I think it was like six months notice and there's a lot that needs to go into it. So then the Federation, which is in Los Angeles, they stepped up. They're like, oh, we'll take everybody with like two months before the games. And so we just, we weren't on the eight, behind the eight, sorry, we were behind the eight ball and a little out of shape. We're like, yeah, we're not going to go to the games. I mean, it it would still be a lot of fun, but. Los Angeles would be fun. Oh, heck yeah. And so 2019, this year, like this year's in China, I think. China. Yeah, I think oh. I think it's in or uh, Korea. Sorry, where was the Pyeongchang? Pyeongchang. I I think it's 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 in Korea. I think that's where it is. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I mean, it'd be and then a culture shock. Like it'd be 2021 different. is somewhere in uh, the UK. I want to say maybe Amsterdam or something like that, which would yeah be a riot. But most likely we won't go until 
2023 when it's in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. And, and I see a lot of our team graduating to that over 35 and we let the young guys worry about the open team because you got I'm four no years to go that. big fella you better <laughs> yeah. start training right now oh you betcha yeah so this is this is me training right now <laughs> well we are officially at an hour and 51 i know you looked at me when we were an hour and 15 you're like you're done aren't you no, no I'm, I'm i'm good this is this is the most fun i've had all week <laughs> Well, I'm glad I got a three-month hold for crying out loud. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, awesome. I'm, I've thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So I, I got – I'll see if I can't come up with a couple. I asked a couple of them already. But well, the first one I was going to ask is, who's the best player you ever played with or against? Throughout my whole entire career. I know looking back at a lot of the rosters from my time in Bantam and Midget, it was around the same time as uh, Fanuf and a lot of the that that age range. I can't believe I just said Fanuf on this podcast. I'm very sorry about yeah, that. You went down on my <laughs> Yeah, I know it. Oh, God. We're going to scrub that uh, from best the... Best <laughs> player I played with. I know I played summer hockey a year with Cam Ward, and I still talk to him up until... Uh, he was drafted into the NHL, but and then I never talked to him after he won his Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe, but he was a that's phenomenal a fair, goalie. That's what so any that, Oiler so fan was, should do. Yeah. Uh, he was he was a good goalie. Uh, Ryan Duncan, yeah, like yep. I mentioned, he was a good hockey player, won the Hobie Baker. Fair enough. All that okay. fun stuff. Here, here's my next one, and I've waited until meow. an hour and 52 to get it to you. Hurry up, meow. Here's the what-if question. Bob Nicholson gets fired tomorrow. He hasn't actually been fired, folks. Don't go into the streets partying. It's not going anywhere. Bob Nicholson gets fired. What if? If he did. They hire Cowboy to come in. What do you do to turn around the ship in Edmonton? Oh, my goodness. This is going to take another hour here. Well, here you we said go. you wanted to go for three, so <laughs> let's just see what you come up with. Because I'm curious. Because right now, I'm a diehard Oilers fan. I agree. What they do just drives me ballistic. Well, I think hiring Nicholson was 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 good for that whole Oilers Entertainment Group. Him going from Ho- Hockey Canada into there was was great. If you lose him, I don't think that's good for the Oilers. I think that next GM that comes in there to take over hockey operations and all that stuff. I mean, unfortunately, the the Craig McTavish, the Kevin Lowe stuff wasn't working out that old boys club, and it pains me to say that even the hiring of uh, Gretzky as their uh, ambassador, or sorry, that was the ambassador for the NHL, but he was still hired with the Oilers. Well, Gretzky's been hired. Coffee's been hired. Coffee's been hired. Messier's right. been hired. Yep. So let's just bring back the entire Stanley Cup it's, winning team. Yeah, it it hurts that that old boys club is still. And I, I honestly, like, can't they just stay alumni and and still comment from the sidelines, so to speak, and let let that... I think hockey is slowly changing, and if you, if they're not involved with it right now while it's changing as those GMs or coaches, I think it's harder for them to understand what's going on with the game, the way that we were talking earlier about the hitting and... and uh, sorry, hitting and fighting being, you know, taken out of the game. They were all, all for that era. I mean... For crying out loud, McTavish didn't even have a helmet on. <laughs> Just that big flowing hair. So what What do the Oilers do? You get rid of that whole boys club, which I think they have. They're just in titles where maybe they don't make decisions. But 
poor Cates is just throwing money out the out the window right now, paying all them when you need a good. Who would you hire as your GM? I'd like to know what um, what's it Mark Hunter would yep, do. Mark like the, Hunter, the one yep. that got bypassed by Toronto. Yep, like with. Kyle Dubas being the youngest yep. GM, GM in, in history with yep. Toronto. He did a very good job with the Marlies and turned them around with all the analytics and stuff like that. Is that something more teams should take way more seriously, which I don't know enough about. I fucking hate numbers. Excuse my language. My wife does all the math in our house. Um, is that a route that you look at for, for, for the future because of all the data that's out there now it's it's more or less like baseball I mean they track everything shifts length shots I mean all your fitness during the summertime too like you get hit for crying out loud it's just a lower body injury because they need to keep it so top secret uh for the the longevity of your career blah 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 I mean it just goes on and on I would hire somebody current with the game with with that abstract thinking like do so that's what i'm trying to say is hunter maybe one of those good hires and and not the old school i mean i would love to get joel quenville who i know was hired by the panthers as as the next head coach because ken hitchcock sure lit a fire under the guy's ass this year but you need those new up-and-comers that were that can help change that game but i don't know is with with, with the generational talent and connor mcdavid Man, I don't want to waste that. And well, it's and been a couple of years Connor now. Not only McDavid, but I mean, Drysdale doesn't get enough praise. The guy's a fifty I'm, goal well, scorer, hundred point getter, right? What a stud! Yeah, right. Like I mean, we got two of the best pieces in the NHL, yep. and uh, they'll blow it up. I think every two or three years, if they have to, to get it right by the time those guys oh. and which I I don't want to happen. They need to. I'd I'd hire Hunter. I would think right now as your GM, get him in there to help change the analytics with the better drafting for our our later rounds, let alone our wonderful first round picks we keep drafting pissing and, and pissing away and, That's right. and getting yeah, rid of. I mean we don't do a whole lot with those freaking yeah. first you rounds. Keep, you keep Nugent Hopkins, you keep Drysidle, you keep McDavid and I think you lock up Nurse as well too for long term because I think he's a stud defenseman for the future. As well as Clefbaum as well, which I think they already have. So like those guys, You're gonna, I'm gonna hear from know. Oilers fans because I, I I got a bunch of them back at Lloyd, and they uh, they don't. Eh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, everybody, the thing I see. The I see. I see nurses when as, as a possible Bufflin, right? When everything, he starts packing on some weight, and the way he skates, oh man! When everything but goes right, everything. Yeah. Nobody can say boo. But when it, when it is an absolute tire fire, yeah, like it is right now. Nobody, nobody has the right because if everybody, if somebody just knew the answer, they'd walk in and do it. Yeah. I'd hope they would, right? But that isn't the way it is. So now all no. of us fans get to sit from the sidelines and hear every rumor about every player and everything oh. else, and you can't decipher what's true, what's not. You're right. Who the best player? There's got to be so much is. going on behind the scenes that we don't know. Like, all why know, would you trade Taylor Hall? Is he a cancer in the dressing room? I don't know. We, don't, we on, don't know. He went on to win exactly. a heart trophy. So why he's and, a winger? You need it. And Ugh, so frustrating. And Dustin, my brother's just gonna laugh at this because he's a big Taylor Hall. We bugged him on the one podcast uh, yeah. weeks ago. But you watched Taylor Hall play in New Jersey when he won the Hart Trophy, and I went, like, who is that player? Like, he was good in Edmonton, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the player he was in New Jersey, everything They ran. got something out of oh him, yeah. Oh, my God. And you watch, we're talking about Everlay tonight, right? Like, yeah. Like, when he plays for Trots and Islanders, I go, like... Yeah. Like, I remember There's watching those coaches that can get that extra... 
whatever out of the players and, and they play to that potential. And I think, I mean, that's like Larry Montoniak did that to me in my last year junior where I got the most points I ever had as a junior, which it's not about points, but I think I played the best I possibly could. Coaches just have a tendency of doing that. Like you need a good coach that can reach those athletes because it's a profession and they're taking it seriously they're getting paid a lot of money to do it so they should be doing it to the best of their abilities but uh, if you don't have that coach that can communicate with everybody or the ones that that matter the most to bring that together then you you got nothing right I mean Bill Peters who came in with the the Calgary Flames the way that they're playing in the regular season not the playoffs because they suck right now but the regular season I mean they meshed together so well they they played so good it was like, wow, we didn't anticipate this happening with a new coach and a bunch of new additions, but they, they did well. The Oilers, they kept the same roster. They, I don't know. It's, I hate being on the side, but I'm a diehard fan and you will never see me taking my jersey off and throwing it on the ice. I because agree with that 100%. Those SOBs need to be punched right in the face. That is not how you treat the game as a fan. Yeah. Final question, Boom. and we'll flip. Four times. We'll flip. Uh... <laughs> oh, sorry, you didn't ask a question. My bad. <laughs> In your questionnaire, I asked you what the best advice you ever got. I thought maybe we'd end Ooh. there because I, I enjoyed what you had to write. What did I? Uh, what did you... For crying out loud! Oh, I, I guess I shouldn't say advice. I said your m- most memorable lesson. You ever learned? I didn't write anything. Right at the top. No, you didn't write anything for the coolest person you ever. Oh, your life. Right, oh yeah, the, Sean Newman. Yeah, right. Because of the podcast. Yeah, okay. He, yeah, he came all the way up. to Calgary, folks. Most memorable lesson. Yeah, you get out of life what you put in. Yeah, work hard. Working hard will trump everything for sure. Yeah, but it, you yeah. didn't read. It. Come on, now. What? you said you get out of life what you put in, but accept help. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a big chunk of it. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. But then work, Trump, work. Uh, I can't even spit it out now. <laughs> now you got me flustered. But hard Start work, again. Start again. Up. What does it say? It says you get out of life what you put in, but accept help. Hard work can trump all, though. Yep. And I enjoy that. Words to live by. Uh, absolutely. Yep. It's a combination of I, a, a bunch of things that I mean I live by. I've learned in my 35 years on, on this earth that... I can't do it all by myself, so I'll happily accept help from my wife when it's involving numbers, uh, my colleagues at work for things I may not uh, know to the best of my abilities, friends or family for the smallest little tidbit of help around the house or with the family or the you name it, um, but still no amount of hard work. I mean, if if I can put all that hard work in, then it'll it'll trump everything, so... That's cool. That's, that's me in a nutshell. Well, I appreciate you coming on with me. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this. And, Not a problem, Newman. Anytime. And uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. Sorry that it was so long, folks, but... Uh, well, you are we closing do- in. I don't know if you're the longest We're yet. not we looking might- for a record here. It's yeah. fine. Uh, I've always, I've, I've always been short. You wanted the record. You know you did. <laughs> no, I did not. I was just happy to be here. Okay, well, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, sir. It's not been a problem, a lot my of fun. friend. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was a real honor to have Colin on with me. Um, next week is Dwayne Perlet. 
Dwayne has got quite the story. He's been all over with hockey. He's born and raised in Hillmont, Saskatchewan, or as he writes it, Tangle Flags uh, County. Um, played his minor hockey uh, in Lloydminster and Yorkton, uh, Tisdale, Moose Jaw, and then the Prince Albert Mintos. Like he has been all over the place. Uh, he was in the dub with Portland, Prince Albert, and Prince George. Um, and when asked if he's been any, you know, won anything, uh, uh, he said he played in four national hockey championship tournaments and never earned his way onto any team. So I look forward to asking him what he means by that. So uh, tune in next week for Dwayne Parallel. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.